I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. 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 Welcome back to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I'm Tom Bionic. And this week is something very, very special. It is our annual predictions show. Indeed. But instead of our old format where we had one show live and had a couple guests on, some favorites, we're going to do something different this year. Each day of our show and our daily uh, mm-hmm. segment, we're going to have a favorite guest come yeah, in. Going to be different guest each day and uh, do a little predictioning. For 2009. Indeed. And our first guest that's coming up is an old favorite, Mish, mm-hmm. uh, who actually was on our show not that long ago, but we asked him to... Uh, Give us a very brief time period to let us know his predictions for 2009, and then you'll hear some other uh, favorites, too. Yeah. Uh, some voices you recognize, something we all love to do, but with no further ado, we need to get up good away. Let's roll. Okay. Uh, Mish, tell us what uh, your predictions are for 2009. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Future Quake Show. Uh, we have today, uh, in our week of uh, predictions for uh, New Year's Week, uh, one of our favorite guests that we have, and certainly our listeners' favorite guests, the beloved economic expert Mish is with us today. Oh, uh, yeah. He's only available for a very brief visit due to some other commitments, and if any of you read his blog, you'll certainly understand the kind of workload he has. So, Mish, I want to thank you for taking a little bit of time to drop drop in on us today. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on this show again. We'll also have to caveat for our predict prediction show this week that we're asking something extra of you, but we know know you're man enough to do it. We're asking for you to give predictions for 2009 at least a good six weeks ahead of when 2009 is beginning, unlike our other guests this week. So um, we know everything could fall apart between now and the end of 2008 when we're recording this right now. So with that caveat in mind that you're working blind a little bit on some big surprises we could have, I'm hoping we don't have any huge things that have between now and Inauguration Day. But uh, in, in spite of that, we, we just want to talk real quickly about what you anticipate that's going to have, happen in 2009. And one thing I want to clarify, you, you mentioned on a recent show we had to expect high unemployment in 2009. Is that something you're still sticking with that, right? We could see 9 or 10% unemployment. And if you count the actual government data, I think you've actually quoted another number they, they quote that could be even higher than that, correct? Um, I'm looking for unemployment to uh, hit um, 9 possibly even 10% in 2009. I think it's unemployment is going to continue rising possibly through 2010. We are going to see some jobs programs come out uh, uh, from Obama, but people don't realize the destruction of credit and what that means to the markets here and what that means to employment. We're seeing a consolidation in banks. Certainly, uh, housing has not bottomed. I don't think housing bottoms until for, for four more years, actually, until uh, mm. uh, 2012. Wow. So um, we um, that is going to be a drag. And um, there's been a whole secular shift in attitudes towards spending and debt. So we're going to see uh, baby boomers heading into retirement with a different attitude change. They're fearful now when before they were hopeful. 
the boomers thought that their homes were going to be their retirement. Their homes, they now realize homes weren't for retirement. And then they thought, well, okay, I've still got the stock market. The stock market has fallen. I think this is another one that you can uh, add to the list of things I think are going to happen. I think the S&P falls to 600. That's Before the end of 2009? Before the end of 2009, yes. Uh, So that is another um, 30, 40% haircut from here. So um, that's on top of the big decline that we've already seen, down over 40% that we've seen uh, from the market high. We're going to see another 40% decline from here. Do you uh, expect a rally where we're actually going to go up where we are in November 2008, where it's going to go higher than that before it starts going down that way? Oh, my gosh. So this actually won't the show be on after this is done. I don't want to make a short-term prediction like that. Okay. So, um, All right. Uh, um, I'm just going to stick with some things that I think are – Comfortable is going to happen in 2009. One good thing I think is going to happen, I think uh, the uh, next administration, I think under Obama, is going to sit down and uh, have discussions with Iran. I think that is a good thing. I'm hoping, this is not a prediction, but I'm hoping that he will cut military spending. I'm quite certain he will start a jobs program, and it will be the nature of that jobs program that um, actually determines you know, how big the recovery is. The uh, um, um, we can't keep bailing out the banks, the brokerages, like we've been doing. That's a waste of money. That's going to be a drag. However, I expect that's going to happen. I expect that the government's going to try and bail out GM and Ford to uh, some certain degree. We'll see what they are. The problem here is that everyone is lining up for bailouts right now. In spite of the massive amounts of money that is that is seven hundred billion dollars so far, and actually unauthorized on top of that, it seems like the Fed and the Treasury have have uh, been doing some things with AIG insurance companies. All of that we can expect to continue at some point next year. The Fed's probably going to start monetizing, um, but as long as banks remain reluctant to lend, and I think they will. I think inflation stays low, and price inflation stays low uh, for 2009. I think uh, very shortly we're going to see negative CPI ratings. We are going to see um, an increasing fear not of inflation but deflation. We're already seeing that in the actions of uh, Bernanke, the actions of Cachet at the ECB, the actions of Brown and the, EC, uh, and the Bank of England in the U.K., uh, Australia, New Zealand, Japan. We are in a global recession. People don't realize it yet. So add that to the a global recession for 2009. And um, you don't think we're already in one already globally? I. It, it depends on what the definition of a global recession is. Right now, the the, the way they define a global recession is. Uh, uh, under 3% GDP, by that definition, we most assuredly are, and we probably right. are actually in a global recession outright. It's just that no one's admitted it yet. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the uh, country. Here are some countries that I think are already in recession. The U.S., the U.K., Australia, Japan, Spain, Ireland, Mexico, Canada, uh, those are just countries off the top of my head that I think are already in recession, and I think uh, um, we're going to see some extra. Italy, add that one to the list. France in recession. So um, th- that is a lot of the uh, industrial capacity of the world right there. 
uh, and in fact, nine out of the top ten countries uh, in terms of gross domestic product um, are in recession right now. So okay. the whole rest of the world has to follow suit. China is is not going to be able to decouple like like some people think and and, and carry this on, on 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 their own accord. The decoupling theory is already blown sky high, so that's hardly a prediction for next year. But I expect it'll continue, and I will say that the slowdown in China will be much greater than anyone thinks. I think the dollar is likely to remain firm in 2009. I think uh, uh, Treasury yields make new all-time lows in yields. So in other words, I'm betting that the Treasury rally continues uh, at least through part of 2009. Um, well, uh, l- let, me, let me ask you something. Uh, Ron Paul was just recently uh, had a, a very strong interview right after the election, and he said some provocative things. One thing he said was that he heard there was a meeting that was going to be on November 15th involving administration officials and others that uh, could have an announcement as soon as the end of November about a like a global currency or something, a completely redone global economic system. Yeah, I think they even mentioned November the 15th. Yeah, I, I don't believe that happens. I, I believe they'll probably have a meeting. To expect to get any results out of these meetings is uh, expecting in, in miracles. Uh, it, it's just not likely to happen. At, at, at some point, a collapse in the global economy might force that issue. I don't see that happening this year. Um, I doubt that it happens next year, although maybe late next year it could, I suppose. But, you know, just look at these global meetings that happen right now. You have the G7 and G20, and, and these nations get together. They've been struggling for the last 15 years to agree to uh, uh, trade agreements. They can't get a trade agreement done. And, and, and so, you know, we're expecting this, you know, consensus to develop on, on, on what to do about a global currency in this short a time frame, I don't, I don't believe that's going to happen. Sure so that'll be a prediction calls, that I'll uh, say is a prediction that is not okay. going to happen. They might talk right. about it, but it's not going to happen. Well, you know, Gordon Brown and Sarkozy and several others keep saying now is the time to do it, and they took the Obama election as a further mark as well as mm-hmm. the crisis as a golden opportunity to yeah. do it. Didn't they but, use the words new world, global? Yeah. New well, world, I, I would actually like to get the world back on a gold standard, get rid of fractional reserve lending, and, and do these other things. I'm starting a campaign mm-hmm. next year to get rid of the Fed and get rid of fractional reserve lending, um, but we, we simply can't expect that to take fruition that fast and to get back to a gold standard. Uh, there, there's probably ways, actually, uh, unfortunately, gold has an enforcement mechanism, and, and that enforcement mechanism is, is, is very powerful. Now, Nixon took us off the gold window simply by you know, re- refusing to uh, um, give up the gold to France, actually, in, in a trade agreement. And ever since we went off the, uh, the last vestige of gold standard we had, uh, the amount of credit expansion, not just in the U.S., but the whole world, exploded. I don't think we can undo, uh, uh, that was called, uh, uh, first we had a Bretton Woods agreement, and then uh, Bretton Woods II was Nixon taking us off the gold standard. Now what we're talking about here is, is, is some sort of uh, international agreement similar to Bretton Woods 
to um, do something. I think there's going to be talks. I think those talks might go on for a couple of years, and but unless there's an absolute collapse in something somewhere that forces them to actually do something, I, I think we're just going to see more talk and, and little okay. action. Hmm. So the same kind of uh, gridlock is what you normally have on international on any other kind exactly. of major I mean, problem. That yeah, they'll probably bring this up. They'll talk about it. But, uh, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope that th- they can agree to get rid of fractional reserve lending, get back on some sort of, you know, gold standard going forward for balance of trade mm-hmm. issues. I, I just don't see that it's likely at this time. Mm-hmm. We might see need to see a complete collapse of the global economy before that happens. And and that yeah. I'm not predicting for 2009, although I will admit that it's possible. Okay, possible mm. global collapse. Well, you did mention one positive prediction in the middle of that, uh, and that was a prediction that you were going to start an initiative uh, to try to push for getting rid of fractional reserve lending and the Federal Reserve. Do you have any predictions on how that's going to go over in 2009, your own initiative? Um, I, I'm going to get a lot of support for that, that's for sure. Uh, we had a phone-in, fax-in campaign um, to eliminate, to stop this bailout plan. It, co- Congress actually voted against it um, uh, on the first vote, and um, too bad that they had another one. Right. But, well, it's like John Kerry. He voted against dollars. it before he voted for it. Yeah. Mm. But people were energized out of that. You know, right. I, I was told that, that Congress would never vote that thing down. Well, they did. We made a difference once. It's 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 just you know when the president comes out and warns about Armageddon if we don't pass this thing, that uh, there's going to be riots in the street and the stock market's going to collapse if they don't pass this thing. It's the same fear mongering tactics that the Bush administration used in numerous occasions. One you know to to get the war in Iraq uh, started in the first place. And then second, all the homeland security stuff that, that, that happened and all the freedoms that we gave up with blatantly illegal wiretapping of, 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 of U.S. citizens. Now, I'm hoping, not a prediction, but I'm hoping that Obama reverses some of those things, uh, and we'll see. I, I, I will make another prediction though. It just occurred to me. I think Obama will cut military spending and we will instead see that spending go towards infrastructure uh, in the United States. And I'm, uh, we talked about this earlier on the show. It's not that I'm in favor of those infrastructure products, uh, um, projects, but mm-hmm. I would rather see uh, money spent rebuilding bro- roads, bridges, the electrical grid, alternative energy right here in the United States where we get something out of it. Rather than dropping a bomb in Iraq, where well, we get negative benefits and we have to right. uh, 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 actually spend money to clean up the mess we created. So yeah, that's a negative trickle-down effect when you drop it out of the bomb bay doors. When you when you <laughs> drop a bomb, you have a negative effect, and you know you know sometimes you might need to do that to defend yourself. But there was no legitimate concern in Iraq, and it wasn't the Iraqis that attacked us. It was actually. It was actually Saudi Arabians. So uh, uh, we arguably did not even go after the country that attacked us, and we did not 
certainly did not go after the man who attacked us, Bin Laden, who's hiding out mm-hmm. in Afghanistan and Pakistan. So we dropped our eye on the ball there. I'm uh, uh, at, at, at this point, uh, that remains to be seen, but I, I'm hoping Obama has a cooler head. And I can't remember if I said this, but I, I believe I did, that Obama will uh, uh, talk with Iran next year, and that is a good thing. Yeah. Now, just, just before I file that away, uh, I know a lot of these guys are saying, including Joe Biden and some of these other people, uh, Colin Powell, to expect Obama to be tested with a crisis that occurs. You know, it could be a lot of different facets. People, a lot of people are left with the feeling that uh, Al-Qaeda or somebody else is going to want to test him. They tested Bill Clinton when he first came to office, uh, George Bush. When you mention about him cutting down uh, defense, is that presuming that we don't have some other kind of 911 kind of thing? Right I don't think we're going to have another nine-one. I don't think we're going to have a nine-one okay. kind of thing. And, and 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 if you're looking for a test coming up, I'll, I'll give you one. The test is more likely to come from Russia than Al Qaeda. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Russia's big. Well, I tell you what, Mish. I, you, you told us ahead of time that you were only available for a little while, and we don't want to abuse that privilege because we know there's no person a lot busier than you are, and uh, you have com- you have commitments to lots of other people who count on you, and we mm-hmm. we want you to get back to that. We appreciate you making time impromptu uh, yeah. for this. If Thank I could you. ask one last favor of you, what of all these things we talked about, what do you think will be the biggest headline? After 2009 is over, the thing, the legacy that everyone remembers that will really identify from an economic standpoint, 2009. We're going to call the Great Depression, too. The um, unemployment is going to rise. It's likely to hit 10%. There's going to be comparisons made to the Great Depression. And uh, we've got a different social safety net in place now than we had during the Great Depression. So we're not going to see soup lines, but we're going to see more food stamps. We're going to see um, um, more, you know, churches, organizations, that kind, you know, getting behind this thing. Uh, same problem, different social net, safety nets, and um, so that's what to look for. Comparisons mm-hmm. to the Great Depression, I, I think we're going to see them in 2009. Well, um, can, can can we be safely in bet the prediction that, that Mish will come back on the Future Quake show in 2009? Yes, you can safely predict that as long as I'm alive. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, I'll make a prediction while you're here that uh, Time Magazine will have uh, one edition that has Mish's face on the front of it, and it will probably say The Prophet on it. Oh, my God. I'm not a prophet. Uh, uh, Wall uh, Street Journal has already uh, acknowledged it. Uh Coast-to-coast audience now acknowledges it. And finally, maybe those dull-witted mainstream media folks, the rest of them, are going to acknowledge what we already yeah. know. No, you, you, you don't want to reach guru status because um, um, once you reach that status, once you start thinking that, that you can't do any wrong, uh, uh, that's when the market slaps you silly. So, uh, um, you know, that's how I'm looking at it. And, and right now, people are, are still shaking their head at, at at my deflation thesis, which is kind of funny because I, deflation is here and now. There's no yeah, question been, about it anymore. It's been proven and, right and, at every point. Uh, um, yeah. But uh, you, you, one cannot get too cocky over these things because uh, as, as soon as you do, the market uh, uh, slaps you upside the head. So um, but, but if, just if I ever how start many... talking like I'm yeah. a prophet, uh, <laughs> uh, take out a, a <laughs> washcloth and, and and slap me across the face soundly because, no, I, I don't want to be considered a prophet. Yeah, just think, though, how many less people are scratching their head over your predictions now than were a year ago. 
Well, how much progress you've made in one year's time? Well, it, it, it's been fun. It, it, it's fun when you're right, uh, uh, and it's not fun when you're wrong. And um, there's going to be a, a, a time here where I'm going to miss a turn. Well, even some of them, uh, uh, like I was taunted when I said that the stock market topped in, in August of 2007. It went on to a new high by about 2% in the S&P in um, late October, and, and the taunts came out of the woodwork. You know, Mish, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, everyone's going to be having turkey for Thanksgiving, and you're the turkey. So you know, <laughs> I, I've, I've gone through you know those taunts. I, I know what they're like. And uh, um, so, I mean, here, you know, I was off by a factor of 2%. And, and, and yeah. from that high, the S&P uh, declined 40%. So I feel somewhat yeah. vindicated here sure. uh, uh, in, in, in my approach. And, and But, you know, no one can ever get anything all right. And uh, certainly I'm going to make mistakes and uh, um, probably a lot of them. Well, you're going to be vindicated even more in 2009. That's my prediction. And you can book it. All right. Uh, To quote quote Joe, you can can book it. In conclusion, how can people get a hold of your blog? And also, uh, if they need financial advice, how can they? I know you don't push it. You do all your work for free. You do amazing sacrificial work for your fellow citizens. But if they're insistent and they need help, tell them how they can do that and how they can also uh, find your blog. Okay, they can find my blog. It's globaleconomicanalysis.blogspot.com. That is a mouthful. So the easy thing to do is just do a Google search for MISH, M-I-S-H. My blog will come right up. I'm a registered investment advisor representative for Sitka Pacific Capital Management. There's a link on my blog. Uh, we are actually having a good year this year. Uh, one of our strategies is up uh, 14% right now, uh, which is actually quite remarkable. We've got another strategy. I've got to feel like I have to mention it. It is down about 4%. So, um, But given the market is down 40% and most returns, <laughs> even from hedge funds, are down 18 yeah. I will take plus 14 and minus 4 for the, for the, uh, um, our two strategies. And anyone that uh, the minimum account size is 50000 anyone that wants to get a hold of me can um, uh, just send me an email. There's a way to get a hold of me on my blog, and I'll be uh, happy to um, you know, offer some you know, opinions, advice um, for anyone I guess even if if they're too small to um, um, participate in what we do at Sitka, I always try and answer emails uh, if if people have questions. I help them out the best I can. And um, in fact, I'll even throw this out here right now. I, I think, given that I think the stock market's going to go down, you know, if you're sitting on you know ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, wondering you know what to do with it, uh, 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 stick it in CDs for the market to bottom, and um, um, before you think about investing. Until they hear later from you, until, until further notice. Until further notice. Well, until okay. it looks like the, the, when the, if the S&P gets down to about 600, start looking to buy stocks. Okay. Mish, thank you so much for your time with us. Um, it's a privilege to have you on. You're such yeah. a high-profile person, so many Great. other places. But you've been loyal to us to, to come on our show, and uh, you're certainly loyal to all your readers and the people who you have saved untold amounts of money. You're a heroic figure, and uh, we just salute you. And we're excited that 2009, we're, and Tom and I are excited to be a part of your Army this year. Yeah. And we're going to have a lot to talk about this year. We will. Well, God bless you. You take care, Mish, and, and tell Mrs. Mish that, that uh, we said hello. And uh, when are you going to get Mish.com? Have you ever checked into that URL? 
Actually, I think that was open. Someone sent that to me. Uh, found <laughs> it was unreserved yeah. and sent it to me. But I, I've, I've, I've got my name here now, my blog. So it, it doesn't – I've got people that know how to click on that link and get here. And, and, and so, you know, unless I yeah. – uh, actually, I might have redirected it here. So, uh, um, mm. But uh, there's a mishmash out there. And actually, for the longest time, for uh, um, uh, almost two years – there was there's a mishmash incorporated and a, and a mish something or other incorporated and they were you know number one and number two in Google searches for a long time and I've bumped <laughs> them off now so just a Google search for mish and uh, you can find my blog. Well, you're a household name and like we tell everyone, make make no mistake. Be sure and listen to Mish. God uh, bless you, Mish. All right, all right, Doctor. <laughs> Thank you. I gotta go. Um, we'll we'll uh, catch you next year. Thank you so right. much, and we'll be talking to you then. Okay, Good bye. night. Bye-bye. Okay, this is back with Dr. Uh, with Dr. Future at Future Quake, and... Jim, do you want to get Tom Bionic? Yeah, <laughs> you can say that again. Um, I'm going to ask you real quick, since our time is short here. Okay. Give yes. a listing. What jumped out at what, what real strong predictions right. did he make? He made uh, the test from uh, the, that the uh, people have been talking about for the new administration was going to be Russia. Uh, the negative CPI rating I thought was interesting. Uh, he sees the yields of uh, T-bills at all-time lows. Uh, he doesn't think there will be a global collapse, but he's not going to rule it out. So Negative possibly, consumer price index? Negative consumer price index. S&P um, levels around 600, 600 by the end of the year? Yeah. Uh, Great Depression 2 is what people are talking about. Also, the Greater Depression. It will be different this time because there are social safety nets of food stamps, churches, and other uh, organizations mm-hmm. there to feed the feed the poor. Something specific we can measure him on a year from now. Uh, the st- the S and P 500 at six. Mm-hmm. Six hundred. Merv, come in and tell our listeners how they can contact us. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we got to go. We had a good long segment with him. Mm -hmm. Okay, come back tomorrow. We've got predictions all this week. It's a lot of fun, uh, and it'll be something to think about over the next year. Till then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Word up. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. 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 Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I'm Tom Bionic. And this is day two of our traditional annual predictions week. Mm -hmm. And we have traditional people that come on. Mm -hmm. And one of the people we've had on every year since our first time we did this at the end of 2005, again 2006, Mm -hmm. is Peter Goodgame. Yeah. And so we got Peter Goodgame around the end of November to give us a little time, which we'll have on the show today, to give us some of his predictions for 2009. Yeah. He's he's had a number of great and interesting developments. He he wrote a book called Red Moon Rising that's been very, very influential on you and yeah. is beginning to be influential on me. 
Uh, he's also done the Giza discovery where he uh, does some really great work on the Antichrist. And a ton of other writings on his website, too. Yeah. That's the one at the top, one of my yeah, favorites, but very other stuff is extremely good, mm-hmm. and uh, he's somebody we highly regard, as mm-hmm. well as our listeners. So with no further ado, here's Peter Goodgame, and we'll be back to discuss his predictions on Future Quake. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I'm Tom Bionic. And we are here today with our traditional guest for our week of predictions Mm-hmm. And for predictions 2009, it would not be complete if we did not have our traditional Man. guest, Peter Goodgame, yeah. uh, who was actually uh, just recently on our show, did an incredible show, and uh, a whole new uh, army of listeners have now been exposed and been good gameized. And uh, I just think, yeah, good gamed. And I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just so uh, tickled. And I appreciate you taking a little bit extra time to uh, keep our traditions ongoing and to come. Give us your your uh, uh, comments and your thoughts about what we might be seeing in 2009. I know this switches a little bit from your uh, very methodical scholarly prof- prophecy research, but I want to first of all thank you for coming here again on Future Quake. Yeah, thanks thanks for having me. It's a pleasure always. Okay, so I don't want you to sp- scry. I don't want a crystal ball in front of you or anything yeah. like that. Okay, so just use some good old Christian discernment. Okay, based upon your study study of the Word and being circumspect in the world. Uh, Peter, is there anything that jumps out as we see the stage being set economically in our world structures, a new president, other issues going on? Anything that jumps out that you think is going to be the big story of 2009? Well, I, I don't see just one big story. I just I see uh, just a lot of big stories, a lot of movement. I think uh, economically everything is falling apart. But I, I don't think, you know, we get this kind of idea from the media that it's this uncontrolled chaos and nobody knows what to do and it's falling apart. Uh, eventually, we're going to have some geniuses stand up and say, we've got a plan, and then the media is going to hail them as, as you know, our saviors. I, I, I thought and, Hank Paulson was the guy with the plan. He had that big bailout we voted for that was going to well, save everything. Well, he did everything. have a plan, but it didn't work very well. Oh, mm-hmm. And then he decided to do something different yeah. once they voted on it. Well, I heard I heard lately that he, he said he didn't even want the rest of the $350 billion. Okay, so I guess we can see that yeah. the bailout was not the plan you're yeah. referring to. <laughs> yeah. There's somebody well, I, much smarter than these guys, evidently. Uh, yeah, forward. I think I think the ultimate plan is going to be to get rid of all these... Uh, uh, just these currencies that have just exploded. Just, I mean, just the the total money supply in the United States economy is just it's beyond anybody's comprehension. Um, but yet everybody's still in debt. It's it's kind of an insane situation. Um, uh, they kill the dollar. They got to kill the dollar. They got to bring up some some currency, whether it's a, a North American currency or whether they jump straight to a global currency. I think that's going to be the plan. Do you think it'll happen as quick as 2009, where that'll get started? Well, I don't know if it will happen that quick, but I think we can we can see movement in that area, or people more and more highlighting that option as being the the only valid option. And and in truth, economically speaking, um, it's unfortunate to say this, but but they're right. You know, economically speaking, that is the only option. I mean, the whole the whole economic system needs to be the slate needs to be wiped clean. And, uh, you know, the Fed needs to be kicked out. Um, our, our governments need to be allowed to, to take control. Our representative democracies, democracies need to be able to take control of the economy and, and manage it the way we were originally intended to. Hey, uh, you speaking of getting rid of the Fed, did you participate in the In the Fed protest? 
this past Saturday? Uh, <laughs> I, I've seen that. I, I I don't think I joined any protests, but I'm there in spirit. Well, um, I know you're there well, I, I did in Hawaii. See, I did see your yeah, but I did see your uh, your little YouTube clip about the 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 protest in, oh, cool. in Nashville that you guys yeah. attended. Yeah. What do you mean and little you know, YouTube clip? Saw, that yeah. was mighty YouTube clip, <laughs> earth shattering <laughs> YouTube clip, and uh-huh. I didn't even produce it. It was the CAAA that did it. Yeah. But you know, the favorite part that that my son liked was the was the rooster crow at the beginning. He kept yep. playing that over and over and over again while we're trying to eat dinner. Wake up. Well, that's I'm, right. Yeah. But you know, let me let me say this. I think I think that would be a good mascot for your guys' show. A rooster. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. <laughs> because uh, you know, that's a symbol of waking up. Everybody's got to wake up. The church especially's got to wake up. Yeah. That's a good point. Hmm. Well, but I, I hear you have a, you have a mascot already. We would probably yeah, well, well it's we, not as cool as a rooster. Yeah, I'm going to tell Pyro you said that. Actually, you know what would happen is the CAAA would sue us, and with uh, their vast holdings of money, they'd take yeah. everything we had. Oh, sure. In the future quake. You see those going, guys. Uh, you, could tell have, you could tell they have deep pockets there. Sure, sure. But you remember years back on my website, uh, when you clicked on it, it would have a wolf howl? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking about replacing that with the rooster crow. Hey. Wow. Well, you know, yeah, it did that a we'll couple see. times at work when I first accidentally discovered it at work. Yeah. And it was I didn't know to expect that. And that goes back many, many years ago. When did well, you I got, yeah. When did you start I got emails Quake? from people who were on that, uh, you know, clicking on late at night and like the the cat sleeping on the desk next door shot 10 feet in the air, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> hey, how, by the way, I don't mean to get sidetracked, but how long has is uh redmoonrising.com been online? Since 1999, and uh, and it looks like it because my format is <laughs> is totally 20th century. It's it's a mess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I need I need a tune up. Well, not all of them can be as sophisticated as futurequake.com. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've you had the uh, bar. That's well, right. a lot of the guys at Google and Steve Jobs and others came Constantly and volunteered. Constantly getting calls from a, from them about that. They, yeah. yeah. They they Tips, volunteered pointers. to try real risky stuff, sort of the cutting edge kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, we well, have we have things like MP3 files and, yeah. and at links and stuff. It's yeah. amazing there. Yeah, I don't even think yeah. my pictures up there. Huh? I don't even think my pictures. You up have there. some pictures embedded. I'm still waiting for a picture of you in front of a microphone. I can put it up there on the front. I'm sorry, we're having an argument, Peter. We're taking your time up <laughs> yeah. here. This is for us to resolve uh, off off mic. Uh, okay. Well, I've seen we the talk- cartoon, the comic book figure of Doctor Future. I just haven't seen the the sidekick. You we know? are we are yeah. bugging get- Brother Daniel to get on the cyborg version of Time Bionic. That's it. And uh, Bionic Tom. I think I think he's got bigger fish to fry right now. Evidently, we're not high enough on the pecking order, so we're going to stay on top of him. So, beyond currency, what else do you think we're going to see? Let's say say socially, what kind of things you're going to see notable in our societal activities? Well, uh, socially, yeah, I I just I, I'm really I'm really hoping and praying for for the church to begin to make an impact. As as we were intended, you know, mm. not trying to uh, government and and just people stepping out in faith and and doing the things that Jesus did because that's what He asked us to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm hoping and praying for for revival to get hotter and hotter all over the world. Mm-hmm. And and you know, if if you have eyes to see, you can you can check out and see where things are happening, where where people are doing amazing things for God. But uh, it needs to happen much more than than it is now, and it needs to affect communities, and regions, and, and nations. And I think I think it will before it's all said and done. In your opinion, is there anything we can do 
to help make that happen. Any suggestions? Any, uh, as, as far as uh, stoking the fires of revival, it's it's a personal thing. It's a personal thing. Um, people got to start standing on the promises that are given in the Bible. I mean, I you know, I just I really think that uh, you know we we read the Book of Acts. That was the first generation of the church. And I, I truly believe that, that this day and this hour, we're in the final generation of the church. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus even speaks of this final generation in the Olivet Discourse when he he talks about the spirit. And he, has, uh, he, he draws an allegory and he says, you know, look at the, the leaves of a fig tree. You know, when, when the leaves begin to fall, then you know that uh, the season is changing. Um, and, and then he said, this generation shall not pass away. Well, he's comparing the... Uh, the leaves on the, on the tree to the fulfillment of the signs. So he's saying, what he's saying essentially is that when you see these signs begin to take place, when they begin to take place, that's when you know that the generation mm-hmm. that sees these signs will not pass away. Mm-hmm. Now, I truly believe that the first sign that was important because Jesus gave a list of signs and a couple of signs, he's, the first couple of signs, he said, but don't worry, these things are going to take place. It means it doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Then he says, uh, the first sign that does mean it's when, when you see kingdom, against kingdom and nation against nation. And then when you when you compare this phrase with other occurrences in the Bible, you can see that he's talking about a global worldwide conflict of many nations battling. And I really think World War Two was that conflict. So I don't the big I don't believe that. I think okay. Jesus was simply using that as an allegory. I think World War II was a hugely significant prophetic event. Mm-hmm. It it led to the creation of Israel. It was important in that right. sense. Uh, it was the first use of atomic weaponry, you know, just uh, devastating, you know, uh, amazing what mankind became capable of. But no. uh, I really believe that the, that the generation that, that fought in World War II will not pass away before wow. Jesus comes back. That's, we, that's what I truly believe. You know, and it's, it's interesting now, let me just make this other point. With the nickname that is given to the people who fought in World War II, what do they refer to? Tom Brokaw wrote a book the about that. The Greatest Generation. The Greatest Generation, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, now, um, to reinforce your point, there are a lot of interesting things that happened around the time of World War II, particularly mm-hmm. immediately thereafter. We have the founding of the nation of Israel. We have the top occultist in the world, Aleister Crowley, dies yes. in, in uh, I think, 47. We find the Dead Sea Scrolls at the same time. The Dead time. Sea Scrolls. Yep. Uh, we have in 1946 January we have the uh, Babylon working That's uh, right. that L. Ron Hubbard and um, man's name uh, man's name just escaped me. I know who you're talking about. He was uh, involved with in the Jet Propulsion yeah, Laboratory. Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons. That's right. Uh, conducted where they were supposedly bringing in the consort for the Antichrist into the world, the Great That's War right. Babylon. Uh, and there's on and on and on. Events and the, like the Roswell crash. The right? Roswell yeah. crash occurred at that time. You know, and then the, you know, there's books like the Book of Enoch and the Dead Sea Scrolls that give a biblical, possible biblical explanation of what happened at Roswell. Something happened there. Mm-hmm. So all these things were just sort of clustered around that particular time, and nothing was the same. That's and right. And so it almost defined it as a terminal generation. Again, the first atomic test, you know, led by atomic bombs and things like that. Well, and it and it led to a to a new world order immediately after World War II. It became an Anglo-American world order. Yeah. And I, in my study of history, I really believe that the whole Soviet threat of communism it existed as a real threat, but it was a very managed threat at the very top. Mm-hmm. The the elitists at the top didn't see communism as a threat. They saw it as a tool. 
Right. Okay, that's why yeah. you you get uh, this historical work by uh, by guys like Anthony Sutton, who documents how the big banks were bankrolling their you know their nuclear uh, uh, ambitions, their 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 big machinery, their their factories, and all that kind of stuff. The, the the Soviet Empire was supported at the very beginning because they knew they could be used as a tool. And uh, even looking at, at China, imagine if imagine if China had gone capitalist right after World War II. How huge would their economy be now? It could it could have. From what I read in Dr. Yeah. Stan Monti's book, he quotes from the congressional record that shows that Chiang Kai-shek had Mao conquered, had him surrounded, yes. and they cut off. They purposely That's cut right. off his arms, his right. military arms, uh, and basically let Mao win. And that was by yep. an act of our president, Truman, mm -hmm. and Congress to yep. do that. And they're caught yep. red-handed, basically building up Mao. And so here we see. Uh, there, there's guys behind the curtain that have decided it's advantageous to set up this duality between these two powers. Right. To further right. Their own, of course, the arms merchants love that kind of thing. But, you know, yeah. for, a, for a simple guy like me who grew up with a very simple worldview of who the good guys and bad guys are, and even in the Christian kind of stuff, all this has been really hard to digest the last couple of years. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. And but uh, this is from what I've seen. The, the whole Cold War was an excuse for the Anglo-American elite to become involved in third world countries and step in and take over resources and set up their dictatorships, that, which were needed, of course, to suppress communism. And, uh, and that's why you have these huge multinationals, these multinational corporations, which are tied in with the big banks, which are tied in with groups like the Council on Foreign Relations, which, which set foreign policy for the U.S. government. They're all, it's one big incestuous cabal and the whole purpose of the cold war was simply to consolidate the resources of the world into the hands of a few and i think you know we uh, in our wildest dreams it sounds like you're describing the third seal of revelation with with the horseman with yeah. the with the scales in his hand and he's controlling yeah. the 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 rates of collection and who is rich who is poor who has food yeah. who has not and then basically sets up a scenario for a third world where you see the last horseman, Death and Hades, come in. That's you know, right. has authority over a third of the earth, which is sort of funny yeah. when we think of the third yeah. world and the death and destruction that they've, you know, been wrought. Actually, it's a quarter of the world, but excuse me, a quarter, quarter of the world. Yeah. The point, is, the point is the same. Yeah. Right. Well, there is a there is a fourth world that's even lower in standards than the third world. You know, and that would definitely apply to them. Right. But yeah, this I, I've I've gone down this road of interpreting the seals this way, and it might be valid. Um, but uh, you know, I, there's there's a couple of different ways to interpret these seals, and I'm mm -hmm. not fixed ne necessarily on any one. But right. uh, uh, well, let me let me ask you about the Middle East. Uh, do you think there's going to be anything significant happen in the Middle East in 2009? Oh, uh, it's uh, it's interesting what what Obama's lost and uh, what their perspective on Israel is going to be. Because I I don't know. You, you know, you get so confused if if you. Your news mentioned that if you look at certain sites, because on one hand you have these far leftists who say that uh, that uh, you know Obama is controlled by APAC, and on the other hand you have the the you know the far right wingers who you know the the, the pro Israel who who are totally worried that they got the wrong guys in there and that and that Obama is going to dump Israel. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to know exactly what's going to happen, but. Uh, from my study of, of prophecy, I do believe, and a lot of a lot of guys have have, have written on this, that uh, there does seem to be a precursor war to the Gog Magog, which is 
Gog Magog is within the day of the Lord. It does, it does appear, it does take place at the very end. But there does seem to be a precursor war involving the destruction of Damascus. And, and, uh, you know, it could be some, some flare up that involves Iran and Syria and, uh, you know, uh, obviously the, the Palestinian territory, perhaps in Lebanon. Uh, I I see that as a very distinct possibility. You know, mm-hmm. well, it's uh it's interesting to consider that, and particularly there's indications in those passages, at least the way I read them, is that Israel faces really extreme uh, uh, losses, extreme loss of life. It says the glory shall yeah. fade, and they're going to be rare right. as the gold of Ophir. But that it appears that those who are left behind are those who are more spiritual-minded, the true sons of Abraham that want to pursue God, that mm-hmm. a remnant that God is going to work through, and that others who, who are spoken in their heart around the world then come and repopulate the land shortly yeah. before the Gog-Magog war. Oh, so this makes yeah. me wonder if there's some kind of exchange between Syria, maybe Iran, and other local entities that, yeah. that possibly the, the head of the secular government at Tel Aviv which is largely atheistic, may be taken out. I, I don't expect them to touch Jerusalem because of its value to you know several world religions. Uh, yeah. And so you might just leave a, a religious uh, segment of the society, a remnant, that's left to repopulate. Uh, you well, know, yeah. Uh, as far as uh, the right wing or the purely religious taking over, I really don't see that. It could be a name only, like the Likud is supposed to represent the religious but in reality, they don't. Right. They don't represent the well, religion. There, there are more orthodox parties than that. Yeah, yeah. That are there. But I, and, and orthodox but I, may be not be the right term. It may be something else that God speaks in their heart. Yeah, yeah. Because I see that this precursor war, is, as you're right, I think it is a hard-fought battle, that Israel is, is victorious, but but to a certain extent humbled, you know. Right. Um, but I, I see the, the true uh, revival in Israel happening after Gog Magog. And that is the event through which God is able to show His strength and His glory, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a testimony to Israel and to the nations. Mm-hmm. Well, they That's do. When, yeah, they do call. At least they have enough sense to call out to Him when they're surrounded on the hills. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I was just reading the other day about uh, uh, Nimrod. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we talked about him in our last show, and how he really uh, is held in high esteem by Zionists. Uh, yes. Particularly secular Zionists really? see him as a folk hero. In fact, many of them name their kids Nimrod, and that's why they have this huge statue of him out in front of, I think it's Jerusalem University, oh, and goodness. it shows him as an uncircumcised savage, basically, as a hunter. And they identified themselves as Canaanites rather than sons of Abraham. Yeah. And so they yeah. identified themselves as a Canaanite movement, so they didn't have to sort of go under the restrictions of the Ten Commandments and things like right. this. Right. And, and and that's what they really espouse. So you know, it's it's that element of their society that I wonder will be judged either either mm-hmm. through the precursor mm-hmm. war or Gog Magog, uh, mm-hmm. and that will leave those that are still pliable and still reachable by God. Right. Uh, and he may collect. You know, various numbers of them from around the world that will repopulate that right before Gog Magog. Um, yeah. What about uh, uh, other issues in the occult world? Uh, I, I hope you're you're not privy to the details of what they do, but they do <laughs> they do sort of play their cards, you know, on the internet and other places. And sure. in fact, I heard a lot about the things they wanted to do at the the conference I went in at the UN. Um, what, do you anything you expect to see in 2009 or shortly thereafter that the occult well, world is going to do to sort of push forward their agenda? Yeah, uh, uh, I've I've heard lots of rumors that uh, Barack Obama is uh, has has a positive attitude towards, uh, for instance, uh, UFO disclosure. 
You know, there's there's a couple of guys. Well, John Podesta with, sure does. Yeah. Yeah, with members of his team that that seem to think that he might be the guy that opens up all the files and is willing to make some sort of public pronouncement saying that yes, we are not alone, which is kind of a big duh if you know your Bible. But uh, but yeah, that's that's one thing that that could happen, and that's you know that's a, that's another thing that could really shake up people who have a very limited uh, understanding of the scriptures. You know, mm-hmm. We don't understand the whole cosmic backdrop, this whole this grand narrative, this spiritual battle that's taking place. Mm-hmm. Well, in conclusion here and wrap up, are, are there any final suggestions you can suggest for us to keep an eye out that if this happens, that something significant is just around the corner? Well, uh, yeah. If uh, Keep your eye on Giza, on the Great Pyramid. I still think that uh, that something something are shaking is going to happen. Uh, we don't have time, but uh, yeah, just just studying what Zahi Hawass is saying. Um, some of the cultists that he's allowed into the Great Pyramid, guys like J.J. Hurtak, he channeled this uh, this work known as the Keys of Enoch. And in the in the Keys of Enoch, he talks about how there is a, a sleeping Messiah in the Great Pyramid that is that will rise to fulfill prophecies of Isaiah that talk about a savior. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's so many different things on this level that uh, it could take up another show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, speaking but of an- another show, will you come back sometime and uh, as we have significant developments this year, come back and give us some comment on it? I, I, I plan to do a few more shows. I've got I to gotta at least keep my place as the, the second uh, most uh, listened to guest. Well, we right? got we got yeah. guys like Robert. This is Robert. my tenth appearance. This is my tenth appearance now, so I got a. I don't know. What to number one. Actually, this is your ninth. Well, this will be your tenth, I yeah. guess, with this the uh, with this. But yeah, you've got guys like Robert Hyde and Mish and Tom Horn. Uh, we we pride ourselves at actually having lots of new fresh faces, unlike a lot of shows that have the same gang every week or every month. Mm-hmm. We bring in new people, but there's certain people that are particular favorites that the fans keep asking for. Yeah, or there okay. are personal favorites, and you're on that list. And, right. uh, Brother Peter, I want to thank you so much for uh, uh, crawling out of your uh, monastery or wherever you've been, <laughs> attending to other spiritual matters, which which we fully support, and we think that yes. they were prudent and proper. And uh, it, it helps the Lord to energize you, just like uh, Paul went off in the desert uh, for a while, right. and that was critical to his ministry. Right. So uh, we would certainly like to hear further words in your research. We, we want you to take up that pen and uh, start reading some new documents and sharing with us what you see. All right. It'll happen, and I'll, I'll be back, that's for sure. Well, Good. we're going to hold you to that. God bless you, brother. Thank you so much okay. for coming on Future Quake. All right. Thank you. Good night. We're back at the Future Quake show with Dr. Future and Tom Bionic. And um, Peter talked about a number of things, including some things I don't think we've ever talked with him about on Future Quake, like what his thinking is about the economy. Yeah. He thinks a global currency is very likely. Yeah, you know, I thought that was kind of an interesting way to start the show because we yeah. have been, you know, Mish's on slate and everything and mm-hmm. the predictions and everything. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and he, he thinks that there'll be new leaders. I hope they're better than the leaders we have now if they're supposed to be geniuses to solve everything. Because yeah. I think all these leaders are doing is messing up everything that's setting the stage for the for the big leader. Yeah, they're doing... They're doing the mess-up job, yeah, the ben, demolition. Ben Bernanke's doing everything, like, single-handedly. You couldn't, you couldn't do right. anything much worse. And who knows from the time we record this until the time this airs how much more damage will have been done. $7.7 billion at the time of this recording. Wow. You know, that's going to cut into Seven, the future estate quite a bit. Sorry, $7.7 trillion, which Even is a, more, it's going to cut into our state. Yeah, which is a little bit... It's a little bit more than half of our annual GDP. 
Oh, great. No wonder these guys get paid many millions of dollars. But back to Peter Goodgame. Yeah. Um, he uh, said he really hopes for a revival in the church. Yeah. Now, well, he too. has not come across that way, you know, making a big deal about that in the past. But I think the Lord has really told him some special things and worked with him this year. Mm-hmm. And he's focusing on some positive things as well as all the gloom and doom, like what we commonly yeah. talk about here. Yeah. And Peter Goodgame is a guy who's a real visionary, and the Lord could use great things for him in that. So uh, with no further ado, we need to bring Merv in. Merv, would you come in and uh, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of us on Future Quake? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we're bringing it up to the end here. Let's get out of here. There will be another favorite guest tomorrow, mystery guest with uh, uh, more of their predictions for 2009. Until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Mahalo. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future, and today is Wednesday, and we're in the middle of Predictions Week, where we're having uh, different, very special all-star guests we have on the Future Quake Show come in each day and give us their predictions for 2009. Uh, as we've said before, Predictions uh, Show is our tradition every year that we do, but since this is our first year to be uh, weekly, uh, excuse me, to be daily, a daily show, uh, we have the privilege of having a different one of our special guests every day. Uh, right now in the studio, uh, Tom is not with me, but he'll be joining me on this pre-recorded segment with one of our favorite guests, Mr. Will Grigg. Uh, who, again, has become a new favorite of ours here at the show and with our listeners. I'm sure you're going to love it very much. Uh, Brother Will's going to share with us what his thoughts are about what uh, we anticipate seeing in the days ahead. And so with no further ado, I want to introduce uh, Brother William Grigg, and he's going to give us our predictions on what he thinks about for 2009. We'll be right back then to wrap it up here on Future Quake. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future with Tom Bionic. And we have one of our very, very favorites and bestest friends on the show. Yeah. Actually, really new friend on the show from yeah. uh, last year. And uh, has moved up in, uh, in the new ranks of the uh, Future Quake All-Stars. Mm-hmm. And that is our, our wonderful friend, uh, uh, Brother Will Grigg. And uh, Brother Will, it's just wonderful to have you here on the show. Well, thank you. It's a blessing to be with you. Well, I know uh, you, you really didn't know us when we uh, contacted you out of the blue this year. And uh, that was right when we went to our new format with WENO, and things changed for us a lot. We went to this daily format uh, during the day, and we want to really thank WENO for uh, blessing us with this opportunity. But we have had so many comments uh, since your appearance on our show uh, that people are really keen on what you do. And now they're reading your blog, Mm -hmm. and you're ministering to them with your writing. And uh, gratifying. completely re-educating a lot of us uh, on things. And, and you get a very special attaboy this time because um, 
I, I called you at the very, very last moment. I think I gave you just under 24 hours notice for this. And uh, you were such a wonderful sport, as, as in demand as you are with your writing projects. Uh, I uh, just appreciate so much on, on the last notice being willing to come in and be one of our uh, all-star upper tier people yeah. to pop in. Well, I think what you're doing is very worthwhile, and I'm honored that you asked me to be part of it. Well, <clears throat> like you said, we anything uh, that you said, we, we're always on the edge of our chair yeah. uh, with what you, what you have to share, and it always gives us food for thought. Mm-hmm. Agree so, with it or disagree with it, I just l- love it. You know, It's always very, very intelligent. But before we jump right into your uh, your thoughts about what you expect for 2009, I just want to clarify for some of our new people. Can, can you please explain uh, your blog, how they can get to it, and the books that you have available and materials real quick? I, I appreciate it. My blog is called Pro Libertate, and that means for freedom. And the easiest way to find it is actually to go to a show website I have called willgrig.com. And the last name is G-R-I-G-G, willgrig.com. And in the upper right-hand quadrant of the front page of that website, there is a list of external links, and the very top of that list is Pro Libertate. I try to update that between three and five times a week as my schedule permits, and usually when I update it, it's with an essay that runs anywhere from 1,200 words to 2,000 words or thereabouts. Mm -hmm. It's not simply a fragmentary or stream-of-consciousness type of a blog. I try to write a a fully-liveried, fully-sourced work of investigative polemics. They're opinion pieces that have hopefully sort of the heft and texture of an investigative journalistic work. And you've never used the same word twice. No. <laughs> Even once. There's never two that match in there. Yeah. Even articles. I don't think V, A, and N have been used more than once. No, no. And you get you get your money's worth on syllables. I've noticed. Indeed, my I, I can I get paid by the syllables. Well, he's, oh well, I was gonna. Yeah, well, there you go. I have been able to do the New York Times crossword puzzle, having read your blog since then regularly. <laughs> I'm sorry. So yeah. So now you have some other uh, uh, hardcover and other book publications. That yes, I most recently published uh, within the last year a book entitled Liberty in Eclipse: The War on Terror and the Rise of the Homeland Security. And it deals at length and in depth with the militarization and federalization of law enforcement in this country. This is a process that has been underway for decades, but obviously it accelerated dramatically after September 11th of 2001. Mm-hmm. It's my contention that things wouldn't have changed all that differently, or wouldn't have changed all that dramatically, rather, if we hadn't have had that catastrophe. I believe that we'd be more or less the same place today if the Twin Towers still stood in Manhattan. Excuse me, in Manhattan, <clears throat> but I do believe that catalytic events of that sort, of course, are are very congenial to the agenda of those who want to create a militarized internal security force, and that's something which has been underway for quite a while. And people don't realize unless they really sit down and contemplate what's going on, because the changes have been very substantive but very subtle. They don't realize just how far down the path toward living under a fully realized police state we have come. And the purpose of that book is to alert people who have not really awakened to that sense of the awful situation that develops us on the one hand, and also to give them some background as to how this happened so that hopefully, if we have the opportunity, we can walk this back and restore some element of the liberty that we enjoyed 
within the last generation or so. When, when did, that's when, available through my blog, and it's also available through Amazon.com. Liberty and Eclipse is the title of the book. Liberty and Eclipse. When did you conclude your writing on that when you actually set your pen down on that project? Oh, it's been about a year and a half, really. I went back and did some some edits okay. on the book and some, some enhancements of it, but it took about six months to get it published, so it's been about a year and a half. And I don't think that there's anything in the book that's out of date. Right. Well, it I was going to say it's, with, it's accelerated yeah. so much more. Uh, here we had in October, we have a, a first Army unit, a brigade, standing up mm-hmm. on our mm-hmm. shores in outside Atlanta, yeah. Fort Stewart. And yet just a month later they're saying that we're, we need 20,000 more troops by at the right. end of well, now, well, it's, it's, yeah. Oh, is it 11? Yeah, right. So, so if anything, uh, while, while it's certainly timely and relevant, and you you put the fundamental underpinnings on why we should expect it, uh, mm-hmm. people people need to get it because it's becoming more and more prophetic as every month passes. Yeah, this is of course of the nature of a stat of a snapshot of a flowing river. I mean, you're not going to deal with something that is a permanent and settled state of affairs, particularly as quickly as things are happening. But the purpose of the book was to help people understand how the rudiments of this system evolved and to help them understand as well the implications for individual liberty here in the United States. Most people think that a lot of these homeland security efforts are outward directed. They're not. They're all inward directed. Mm-hmm. And they've all been sold to the public on the idea that there is this omnipresent and omnicontent enemy out there that literally lives and breathes and is internally anxious for the opportunity to kill Americans and that if we are not permanently on guard for this external enemy, then we're all going to disappear in some violent cataclysm. When the fact is, of course, that the government that rules us is the most important potential enemy in, at all times and in all circumstances. And they're the ones who have acquired incredible powers in the last several years that augur nothing but ill for the prospect for freedom for Americans. And so. While things have changed in particulars over the last year and a half or so, just about everything that has happened over the last year and a half or so represents a direct continuity with the things I talk about in that book. Well, it's funny you mention about the, the it's sold to be outwardly directed, but it's all directed inward because one example are some of these new crowd control weapons that were mm-hmm. sold in the military, like these pain beams that were supposed to control uh, Iraqi people, uh, Al-Qaeda people uh, overseas to, to keep them under control. And, and what, do we, what do you know? A, f- uh, a few years later, we, up in downtown New York. we, we find them during, <laughs> yeah. during the political conventions in our own country mm-hmm. being aimed at our own citizens, what we paid for to control foreign people. That, that threaten our own own citizens, and now we have. Uh, I know the report from the Army Times about this the brigade that's standing up right now in Atlanta. They said that they learned they were going to take what they learned in Iraq uh, in crowd control purpose and use these latest less than lethal technologies plus new ones they've been given to apply mm-hmm. here. And they said they hoped that they wouldn't get shot at here like they did over there. <laughs> well, what I was told when I looked into this, I actually called Northern Command and tried to weave my way through that maze and of course I was immensely frustrated everything that they do when you're working with the public relations department of any bureaucracy particularly the military is intended to conceal rather than to disclose that which is most relevant but what they were explaining to me is that these combat equipped and combat veteran units that would be part of this domestic homeland security force would be here as what they call part of a dwell time operation they'd be here between deployments abroad And this is immensely troubling to me because the mindset 
that you would adopt as part of an occupation force abroad is entirely incompatible with that which would be appropriate for domestic security. If you're approaching this, of course, in the perspective that the government is supposed to protect the rights of the citizenry and to protect us particularly from the prospect of threats from outside of our borders, the purpose of an occupation army is to compel people to submit to a command authority. And they would be bringing that mindset here to the United States during this interlude between deployments abroad. It seems to me that what they're trying to do is they're trying to make more seamless, more homogenous uh, the mindset between foreign and domestic affairs. And that's perfectly compatible with the logic of empire. You cannot have an empire that is domestically a limited government republic compatible with individual liberty. That's an insight as old as Cicero in ancient Rome, or as relatively recent as the warnings of Edmund Burke back in the 1770s and early 1780s when he was warning the Englishmen of the time that the effort to suppress the rights of the American colonists would be injurious to the rights of Englishmen everywhere. And now we have an example where the same instrument which is being used for the purpose of imperial occupation in Iraq would be part of our domestic architecture here for homeland security. And of course, this is not something that would be limited to the military because they cross-pollinate with the domestic police, which are no longer really local police. They're centrally, federally controlled. Your local sheriff's departments and local police departments are local only in a nominal sense. They're all affiliates or appendages of this seamless homeland security apparatus. And, of course, because they train together and they share equipment and they share advice regarding matters both strategic and tactical, the same mindset that defines these military units that are now going to be used for homeland security with the mindset of military occupiers will increasingly replicate them, that themselves among police departments and police personnel. And this is going to happen very quickly. That's the one growth area that we're going to be seeing, quite frankly, in our economy over the next year and a half or two years is going to be in the area of population management, riot control, uh, the maintenance of civil order. That's going to be a huge growth stock, perhaps the only really significant one, because these infrastructure projects that the Obama administration would be implementing will probably not come online for another year and a half or so. In the meantime, the infrastructure of the police state is up, it is fully functional, and it's ready to receive mass infusions of taxpayer subsidies, and it will grow very dramatically and very rapidly in anticipation, I think, of the likely consequences of this escalating economic collapse. Would this be something similar to those uh, those big shovels that they used in Soylent Green to pick up rioters? Uh, I don't know would, ne would necessarily see something that <laughs> the logic is pretty much the same. I mean, the system is designed ultimately to treat us as worthwhile only as raw material for the maintenance of of the uh, state itself. And what we're taking, what we're seeing right now is that uh, people, of course, are being laid off. They're having to contract their household budgets. They're trying to live within their means after many, many years of government-abetted profligacy, both uh, personal and in terms of individual households. Uh, everybody, of course, is scaling down and trying to deal with the reversal that we're dealing with now. That's why it's called a contraction. That's why it's called a correction. We have to correct the malinvestments, the bad habits, and the, the bad spending choices that we made during the inflationary boom 
But in the meanwhile, we're seeing where governments at the state level, particularly in places like New York and California, are enhancing the the entire mechanism here of plunder and taxation in order to make sure that the political class is taken care of. Uh, they honestly believe they're ac acting on the assumption that the most important duty of a citizen is to make sure that the political class, that these tax-funded parasites are in good stead. I mean, Congress just passed itself a tax increase last week as pink slips are being handed out and uh, auto workers are facing the prospect of being thrown out of work because of what's going on with the, the former big three. And that more or less is of the nature of the soil green equation. You know, at some point, you have to treat people as if they're useful primarily as a source of protein, mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. for those who are worthier and in the more elevated castes of our society. Well, uh, <clears throat> are there other segments of our society, for example, in the, on the um, spiritual front? Uh, what, what about the church? Where do you think the, the church fits in right now? Will there be any developments this year, you think, on how they respond to this changing world we have in our country? I do think it's interesting that Obama captured a big segment of the young evangelical vote, and I find that very disturbing for a couple of reasons that are not necessarily harmonious, the first of which, of course, is that there's a real cultural undertow here on behalf of Obama on the basis of this unspecified but urgently stated need for change and that people are not firmly rooted, established, and settled in the gospel, as the Apostle Paul talked, mm -hmm. uh, find themselves very easily caught in that undertow and voting for somebody uh, who's a, a very appealing personality, but whose specifics in terms of his political outlook, to the extent that we know them, would be wildly incompatible with the gospel principles that undergird a free society. Uh, the other reason why a lot of people might have voted for Obama, a lot of people from the evangelical community, is because of a backlash against eight years of a Bush-type so-called conservatism in the Republican Party. It's left a very foul aftertaste in the mouth of a lot of people who are idealistic. We've seen the institutionalization of torture. We've seen the office of the presidency, which is already uh, very disproportionately endowed with what you'd have to consider almost dictatorial power, now being elevated above any kind of legal accountability. As a matter of fact, just in the last week and a half or so, both Mr. Bush and Mr. Cheney have made it very clear that they are utterly impenitent in terms of the position that when the president decrees something, that decree is self-ratifying in terms of its legality. When the president does it, it's legal, is something that both Mr. Bush and Mr. Cheney have said. Mm -hmm. And we've seen how the prestige of our country, as well, of course, as the economic health of the country, has suffered tremendously both as a result of domestic profligacy and as a result of a foreign policy in two completely improvident wars that have badly outpaced the ability of our country to, to meet its financial obligations. So there are a lot of people who are evangelical who have taken all these things into account and said it doesn't really matter what Obama stands for. He can't stand for something worse than this. And I do think that that represents some intellectual confusion. And I think really when you look at it, in more elementary ways, some doctrinal confusion on the part of many evangelicals here. I do think that Mr. Obama is not dramatically different from the Republican alternative here because I do think that the two major parties are really 
if you will, retail outlets for the same wholesale political establishment, as I like to say it. And the people surrounding Mr. Obama are not that different from the type of people who would have surrounded Mr. McCain, certainly not different at all from the type of people who would have surrounded Hillary Clinton. Right. Yeah. And I think that there will be more continuity than change between Obama and, and George W. Bush, particularly in light of the fact that in just the last couple of months, the last quarter of 2008, Mr. Bush has effectively nationalized our financial system. He's working on the nationalization of the automobile industry, which, of course, is a huge industry. If you look at it mm -hmm. from the perspective of you know teeth to tail, it's a huge segment of our industrial economy. You nationalize the automobile sector, you're nationalizing an entire service train, an entire uh, an entire portion of the economy that feeds into the manufacture and upkeep of automobiles, and a lot of people, myself included, consider Obama on the basis of what we know of his record uh, to be a socialist. Uh, he'd be able to pick up. And Bush, Bush has Bush done his off. Yeah, he's done this work for him, in other words. Exactly, and it's, yeah. it's really quite akin to what happened when Mr. Hoover left office and FDR took over. FDR, it's not well recalled, ran to the right of Hoover in 1932. He was running campaign commercials in newspapers and and uh, slogans that were being broadcast on the radio at the time, excoriating Hoover for his big spending ways and promising that that under FDR they would return uh, fiscal restraint to Washington and try to buck up the currency, try to make it sounder and healthier. And he pivoted immediately, Mr. Uh, Mr. Roosevelt did, in March of 1933 when he was inaugurated and uh, became actually lived down to the expectations of some people who knew him, but the point is that most of what FDR did repre represented an enhancement or a deepening of what Hoover had done. And I think that Mr. Obama is going to be in the same position with respect to Mr. Bush. This so-called stimulus package, which is being discussed right now of something like $800 billion, I fully expect is going to be more than double that amount by the time they're finished with it. I think it's going to be closer to $2 trillion. Right. Most of that is going to be programmed for probably 2010 and 2011 rather than 2009, but they're going to try to inject it into the economy immediately, is going to be hugely wasteful and immensely destructive. Uh, government cannot create jobs. It is not a mechanism that is in the business of creating really wealth. It's purely consumption-oriented. What we should be doing in order to get out of our deepening economic slump is to endure for a couple of years the painful but necessary contraction that has to follow an inflationary boom. There has to be a deflationary bust. There has to be mass liquidation of bad debts and mass liquidation of some excess capacity. People have to make sacrifices and do with, with less for a couple of years, and we have to rebuild savings. You only, the only way that you can actually finance productive economic expansion is through savings. We have a negative savings. Well, no, we don't anymore. We did as of a year ago. But when the economy started to contract, people started to save again. Right. They started to behave intelligently. And now, from every editorial page and on every newscast, we're hearing people preach the virtues of inflation. Right. People running the spectrum from Paul Krugman, who's the most foolish person ever to win a Nobel, Nobel <laughs> Prize for economics yeah. I can think of, and that's quite a list, 
to people like Stephen Chapman, the putative libertarian columnist for the Chicago Tribune, are talking about inflation in the same way that the propagandists of the New Deal did. They're talking well, about it as our salvation. We have Mish uh, on here uh, telling us otherwise. Uh, Good. <laughs> br- br- Brother Will, I, this, this just flew by. Uh, we, we flew by at this time, but but I want to ask you to oblige me. I have something on my heart, if you don't mind, All right. that I'd like to do, and I think Brother Tom feels the same yeah, way. Absolutely. Um, what, what what you have shared, uh, uh, I, f- I feel the urge to pray very very quickly uh, for right. our country and, and and pray for you and your family and, and your ministry. And I want all of our listeners. I just feel very important led to do this right now. Uh, Tom and I do. We want all of our listeners listening right now to join us in this, please, if you don't mind. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now. We try to share information, what we study, what each of us research, and do we apply our best efforts, Lord, to to be watchmen, to understand the, these things, and to lift up each other and to minister. But, Lord, ultimately we're relying on you. We're relying on you for guidance, for wisdom, for watch care and provision. I, I ask this for all of our listeners. I ask this for Tom and I and our families. I ask this for Brother Will. I pray for him his family. I pray for his well-being, for his ministry. Lord, please uh, reward him for his faithfulness to you. And this also goes for our other guests as well, Lord. But I pray I pray for protection for him as we wish for all of us in the listening audience and ourselves. We thank you so much that with all our best efforts, we ultimately can rely on you in all these matters. And we, we look one day to see your face and to see it all well when we wipe these tears away. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Will, thank you. I'm sorry for the interruption there. Yeah. That's uh, all right. <laughs> I just we just felt just felt led for that. Um, it is an honor to have you on our show. I hope you understand I, that. I am the one who is honored, sir. I wish we had a good four hours. Uh, I tell you, we would be on question three. Yeah, if we did on here. Kid, kid, kid. Someday I'm going to learn the discipline of concision. <laughs> well, and someday I'll learn Don't what come. concision is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Brother Will, can can we at least make one prediction that that you might come back at least once or or more in 2009? Oh, I, uh, I would love to. We have so much Great. to learn and know, and you know, there's going to be guys knocking on our doors with batons, and I can't think anybody else who can better understand, who could tell us what's going on at the time they're knocking outside the studio, yeah. uh, than you. But in the meantime, I wish wish the very best for your family. Thank you. God bless. God bless you so much, and just keep striving for the Lord this year. Uh, keep keep telling us what you see, okay? And we'll, I will. we'll see the Lord bless us. And we just thank you All so right. much for joining us. We'll take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back at the Future Quake Show with Doctor Future. Uh, coming back from our interview with uh, Brother William Grigg, we sure hope that you enjoyed that very much. Um, he has uh, become very near to our heart in the short time that we've come to know him. We appreciate his witness and testimony and ask for your continued prayers for him and his family uh, as he seeks to uh, continue to serve the Lord through his watchman work that he does. And uh, I'd, I'd appreciate you to keep in mind all of our guests that we have. They sometimes deal with very special circumstances to do what they do for us. And I would pray that you would keep them in your prayers. And, and for all of us as well, when we think about Brother William and what he shared with us, uh, particularly about... Uh, Possibly the only business that will be booming this year are those that control other people or control the masses as we see panic and other kind of things set in. And that um, 
it will be only be our peace with the Lord that will keep us in these challenging days ahead. We see difficulties, everyone that I know, uh, Christian or otherwise, anticipates great difficulties in 2009. Uh, but we know we can trust in the Lord for guidance and direction. And we'll keep seeking that here on Future Quake as well as other brothers and sisters who uh, can help show us a way. But someone who can show you how to contact us is Brother Merv. So Merv, won't you come in and tell them how they can reach Future Quake? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the shows, topics, or guests, or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we're running a little late here, so we need to go. We'll be back with Tom tomorrow and another guest, but until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a great day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Future, the Future Quake Show, with Tom, always effervescent, except for now, bionic. Uh huh, just like effervescent. Always effervescent. Always effervescent. With, um, during our week of All Star here in our prediction show, it would be not complete without. The all-star of yeah. Future Quake, our most <laughs> prolific guest, uh, who's been here for everyone, not only every one of our prediction show, our annual prediction show, but the first show of Future mm-hmm. Quake, April 5th, 2005, and that could be no uh, none other than the indomitable Robert Hyde. Yep. Robert Hyde, welcome in, to Future indomitable Quake. Indomitable or inimitable? <laughs> that inimitable. too. Okay. <laughs> Unforgettable. Um you know, it, it's hard when you've just talked to Will Grigg. You know, you just feel vocabulary yeah, depleted. Yeah, you use big words. Rumpel That's Stilson. right. Yes. I'm more like the uh, Norm Crosby of uh, futuristic discussions, if you remember him. He, he always obliterated the English language. Hey, it's wonderful to have you back. And um, I'm not going to spoil uh, what we're going to talk about Friday because Tom and I are going to give our own predictions, but we also do a little uh, review of last year's predictions. And uh, we talked about the guests that were there, including you in studio when we had an in-studio show. And uh, I have to say, your predictions were fairly uncanny in their accuracy. Well, what did I what did I predict? Well, I don't want to spoil it for all of our listeners. Oh, but, okay. Uh, but I w- right. let me just mention a few things. Uh, you, you were expressing uh, puzzlement over what was going on in Iran, why they were provoking, who was pulling the strings. Uh, I'd say that's still valid. Uh, we still don't know exactly what's going on there. You mentioned about trouble in the Middle East, but you mentioned Pakistan in particular and possible involvement of Western intelligence. And I'm thinking that's what may have happened to bring Musharraf, Musharraf down. And, uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, and, you know, we've we've been involved in there. I think it's pretty clear. You said that the Fed was intent on bankrupting the country, uh, which, which also I think is – Many people suspect now, but but you said that the the big tier uh, companies would not uh, lose out on this. They'd be able to cover themselves, but the second tier would be vulnerable. And I really think that's really played out because if you look at the Wall Street banks, they have been able to uh, protect themselves. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and get their bailouts, you know, too big to fail. At this point, Goldman Sachs practically is the right. Fed. You know. It's right. Yeah. It, whereas uh, Lehman Brothers didn't quite make the cut. Uh, a, few, right. a few other uh, people didn't. National make, City. Na- National City didn't make the cut. That was interesting because yeah. they've been around for a century. Right. Right. And, uh, they didn't make the cut. So, uh, so you know, again, I think that's <clears throat> very uncanny. Now, one of them that's still up in the air that you made was that I made your clamp down on the populace in the U.S. in 2008, but you gave it a 16-month window. And mm-hmm. uh, so we've still got four months on that. And due to things that we've read in the news, plus even some things Tom said, mm-hmm. that, that tail end of that 16 months may still very well come true. Yeah. So but, I, I think it may. There you go. So, uh, so here we go, huh? Yeah. Are you ready for New Year's predictions? 2000, I'll um, lay it on us. <clears throat> my, um, my one word uh, prediction for the year 2009 uh, is intense. Uh, I think. I think the year is going to be very intense in the United States of America and perhaps in other parts of the world. But I think um, I think that's the way to say it. Um, whatever the uh, trends are, whatever the factors are, whatever the thinking is, um, the uh, the intensity level is going to climb. Um, and I, I'll just leave it that way and uh, come back and revisit that word. Um, I I want to say um, we're going to we're going to see um, the the numbers are going to start coming out uh, sometime between January and March and we're going to see how deep we are in a depression already. Uh, it took a year, slightly over a year, for the uh, federal government to discover that we had been in a recession. Since, uh, what, last November, last October of 2007, mm-hmm. 13, 14 months ago. By the way, right like what, what Mish predicted a year ago on our show, he said they would go back and backdate the recession back to that same period. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened this year. Yeah, that, that's, that's the way they're playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what, uh, what is happening uh, that I don't know... I don't know how the government is going to try to uh, handle this, but I'm sure they've got a plan. Uh, is the is the breakdown of trust in society, um, and uh, all they're admitting at this point is that there there is a breakdown of uh, of trust with the international bankers. Uh, but but some some. Uh, Writers and commentators are beginning to be more specific, and they're and they're saying that that uh, social trust is is it's much more widespread. In other words, not just bank to bank distrust, uh, but as more and more people are getting the pink slips, um, people people are going to be questioning uh, not just the bankers and the banksters; they're going to be questioning the whole system. Um, so uh, what I see happen. So, so, no, so in other words, that will freeze everything, no matter what stimulus is provided. That's right. I okay. mean, we have long been told, and I I accept it as true uh, by people smarter than I am, that the economy for many years has been dominated by credit rather than cash, and credit is a form of I trust you. And when when uh, social trust is broken at a fundamental level, 
you, you see contraction. Uh, every turtle pulls back into its shell in a, in a case like that. And, and once that um, distrust occurs, um, it's going to be interesting to see how the, uh, how the government moves to handle that. Uh, are they going to be heavy-handed? Uh, are they going to try to, uh, to uh, make nice about things? Uh, or are they going to make the problems worse? Um, my guess is they're going to make problems worse, but but who knows? They may they may have some some plan. But I I would say that uh, the powers that be are aware uh, that that uh, people are going to be asking some questions at, at a really fundamental level, and uh, I'm I'm curious as to what kind of answers they plan to give. Mm. Um, let me be specific. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna see some. Uh, more truthful unemployment figures they're going to shock people i think um my read of things is that uh compared to the way they kept statistics back in the days of the depression uh we're already more than halfway there um the depression uh unemployment figures always are are uh, scored at somewhere between 20 and 25 percent at the depth of the depression of um of way of of heads of households or or however they ma- manage that, and um, I'm I'm hearing that in fact uh, based on the way that was calculated uh, back in the 30s, we're already up around uh, an, an an official 13 percent or so. Mm. Uh, even though officially unemployment is what 6.7 or mm-hmm. some such thing. Now, if I remember but, during the depression and uh, the unemployment was around 14 percent to about 20. Or a little more. Does that ring a bell with you? I, I, I remember seeing figures as high as 25. Okay. Uh, obviously, you know, that was not, didn't characterize the entire period, period right. however. But but at, at one time, it was hitting about 25%. But, um, but uh, I, I predict that after after Christmas, when, when, uh, when the... Uh, ball falls off a of Times Square or whatever it does, mm-hmm. um, people are going to be finding and, and, and comparing notes, and they're going to find out that there are a lot of pink slips flying around. Uh, I do not know what you're hearing. What I'm hearing anecdotally, but from all over, is that um, unemployment is already severe. People aren't talking about it, but they're starting to. Well, our our, our our doctor, uh, when I was in to see the doctor recently, first thing he said when I said, how are you, what, what you hearing? And he said, everybody that I'm running into is losing their job. First thing he said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. that's people close by me, the same thing's happening. Right. Uh, so I think, uh, I think uh, massive unemployment um, <clears throat> is going to be the dominant theme of uh, of the first three months of the year. I'm, I'm saying uh, watch the first three months of the year um, and and watch the watch the unemployment uh, numbers climb. And uh, for a number of the people who will be listening to your show, um, they're, they're going to be having uh, a very a very direct you know experience with unemployment. Mm-hmm. And you know I may be, um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I don't know that anybody's immune, and, uh, right. and the people yeah. who, who think that they're immune, uh, you know, are, are perhaps the most at risk. Um, so, I, so I'm going to I'm going to predict uh, severe levels of unemployment. Um, we will we will continue to see that the methods that are uh, being used to stimulate the economy are in fact producing exactly the negative. Uh, of, of what they're supposedly supposed to accomplish. Um, I think, uh, what we're going to see is, um, we're also going to see a lot of confusion in the first three months. Um, people trying to sort out what it is they think. But, um, I, I see some, I see some interesting social things happening. Um, one of the things that's going to happen is um, some very well-educated people um, are going to be out of a job. Uh, they have thought of unemployment as something that happens to poor people, uh, undereducated, less skilled people than themselves. Uh, they have always considered themselves insulated from that problem, and and the feeling that uh, you know if I lose my job here. Uh, I can get an equivalent job somewhere else. Uh, but the problem is uh, all, all the employers for their jobs are cutting back. Uh, and, and it has nothing to do with their qualifications. It has nothing to do with their work ethic. It, it just has to do with the fact that uh, nobody is hiring right now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that is going to happen, which which I think will be interesting, is you're going to have a lot of uh, good people who are, once they are unemployed, um, they're going to have time to think. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they can sit at home and watch soap operas. You mean they're going to start looking for answers on what just happened? Yeah, they're going to start looking for answers. And um, there's going to be um, an increasing sense of... Um, I hate to say this because, you know, I might be predicting my own future here, uh, but there's there's going to be a sense of um, fear, um, sweaty palms, uh, desperation uh, as they are trying to make ends meet. They're trying to fulfill their obligations as financially productive members of society and so forth, and uh, realizing that uh, seemingly through no fault of their own, they're they're suddenly struggling to stay a part of what has been their life. Now, now, if I understand, this is going to be much worse than this horrible thing that's happened where people have lost their 401Ks. They've lost their future. Now they've lost their current. When you don't have much of an emergency fund or any, suddenly you lose work, so you don't have time on your side to, to figure things out. You've got to do something. And then they start tightening credit, so you can't even run up the credit cards to buy you some time. Is is this sort of a perfect storm that you're seeing? Yeah, I think so. Have you? You know, I just look at straws in the wind. Sometimes uh, I've noticed that the fast food uh, stores uh, have <clears throat> have stopped honoring credit cards. Uh, I don't know if that's happened to you in Nashville, but oh. I've, I've begun to see that in Louisville. Really? Uh, please, you know, our our credit card system is not working. Uh, without any explanation of why, and this lasts for weeks at a time. 
Um, wow. Well, now there are gas stations I know because prices have dropped so low that I guess the the cost of processing has not dropped, and so now they're offering different prices at gas stations for credit or not at all for credit. Uh-huh. So I see that as a as a similar ramification. I um at this point um. You know, I, I think maybe history helps us predict some things. I'm, I'm not sure how far you can go because you can always argue that that uh, conditions were not exactly the same. But uh, it's time to go back and take a look at the Great Depression and what the roots of it were. And um, it was a, as recently as a few years ago that uh, basically scholars, including the Fed, basically admitted that the Fed caused the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Um, now they didn't they didn't accept responsibility for that for many years, but now that everybody's dead and gone, they they could admit that that they had caused the depression. But of course, of course, the uh, the excuse was you know it was it was well intended, uh, but mistaken policies. Uh, they were in uncharted territory, didn't know what they were doing, and they unwittingly did the wrong thing. Uh, which I don't believe, mm-hmm. by the way. But let's give them credit. Uh, let's say that uh, it was unwitting and they didn't know what they were doing. Uh, well, basically, they're making all the same mistakes this time. So uh, this time, they're they're essentially, uh, you know, doing this thing. And what I mean by that is, um, is we step A, step B. Uh, in the 1920s, they made money very easy. They were very, very willing to loan money, too willing. And suddenly they started cutting off the credit. And so people who had borrowed money, uh, expecting to be able to borrow money under the same terms in, in a few days, were, uh, were buying stocks on margins and so forth and so on. And uh, when the margin calls came in and they wanted to get an extension on their loans and so forth, uh, they were cut off. And so they were wiped out. Mm-hmm. This was this was what what led up to it, an easy money policy, and then a sudden retraction by the Fed. Right. Okay. Which which broke the cycle of uh, bubble. It, you know, it, it it they had created a bubble and then they burst it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm seeing exactly the same thing uh, in the run up from uh, I'm going to say the mid 90s uh, mm-hmm. up to 2007. What about a 12 year run? It's about like the Roaring Twenties, mm-hmm. and uh, they they ran the bubble up real big. Alan Greenspan, his easy credit terms, and encouraging all these uh, nifty, creative right. financial instruments. Right. And uh, I think uh, in this case, uh, maybe the bubble burst more or less naturally. You know, it has just gotten unwieldy, and it couldn't go any further. But uh, what interests me is uh, the Fed's response to this is to feed the bubble mm-hmm. and uh but they're feeding it at the top and they're they are not um so far they're not doing anything uh to, to stimulate to really mm. stimulate the economy well so, l- let me ask you something robert um we're, ge- we're getting here toward the end i want to ask okay. you about some some things aside or maybe byproducts from the from the economy what what about other things on the the political front, social front, spiritual? Are there any other notable things you expect to happen in two thousand nine? Um, I would I would say um, 
the most likely thing that is going to happen is some kind of a generalized war. Um, I, I think we might look for another 9-11 type of incident uh, that uh, galvanizes the people and unifies them against a common enemy. Um, I think uh, there's a couple of things that make that look attractive to the policymakers. Uh, they've got, they're going to have a lot of unemployed people, mm-hmm. uh, middle-aged and old, and if, and if we can have some kind of a national mobilization uh, in which we all feel like we're uh, doing our part to, uh, you know, further the, mm-hmm. the interests of the nation, um, there'll be people who respond to that, um, some, you know, with sincere emotion and some out of economic desperation. Uh, so, I, yeah, I look for a real possibility of a generalized war uh, based on based on some kind of an incident. With who? With occurs. who? Uh, well, it's it's hard to know who who they're going to want to blame. Uh, and I guess they know, don't they don't care if if the economy is the main reason many of these wars start, which I suspect that the yeah. enemy is irrelevant somewhat. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you. I think. Uh, I think there's there's some strategic thinking that goes on, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're thinking in the long term, and and so I think they do pick their enemies with care. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm I'm not sure we're gonna we're gonna be sending boys into Pakistan. We're gonna be sending them into Iran. Mm-hmm. Um, is it gonna be some new new thing that just comes out of left field? I don't know. But I would say look look for a, look for a war. What about the church? Uh, Any developments in the church? Do you think? Um, in the news, I think I, I think uh, we'll see. Um, I think we'll see the church go through a period of confusion. Uh, I don't think the um, the most of the evangelical church is ready to let go of the illusions of the last uh, ten or twenty years. And um, you know, we you know we've had this conversation before, so I'm not going to go you know mm-hmm. repeat it all, but. Uh, they have made some political choices. They've made some spiritual choices. Uh, the, the evangelical community has been very tied to one political party. They've been very tied to a pro-war agenda. Uh, they they do not exhibit um, let me let me say social consciousness. And uh, and what I mean by that, I'll, I'll be more specific. Uh, they're not. I, I don't I don't hear a lot of Christian people saying much about justice. Mm-hmm. I don't see them talk much about uh, alleviating the real problems of the poor. Aside uh, from guys I, like the CAAA that we I have was, here I was in just town. Just going to throw that in there. Yeah. 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 Um, Our guys down at the anchor. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. What we, but what we are going to see, I think, is when when there is uh, when people do have time to think. <clears throat> um, they will begin to rethink some things, and I see some good things happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> if I can recommend uh, <clears throat> some good r- a reading to your radio audience, I'd say uh, take a look at Albert Nock, his his um, essay called Isaiah's Job, in which he addresses the remnant. Yeah, that's and a great. And see what that, you think. That's a great piece uh, of writing. That may be what yeah, we need. If, we need to post that online at our site. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, we've come up here to uh, to the end. Our time has gone so quickly, Robert. But but I want to ask you very quickly and just within a, a minute here. What about your future in 2009? Have you had any thoughts about what might be going on with you? 
Um, yes, uh, it has to. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll have to say that. I can't predict. I can't predict what I'm going to be doing at the end of 2009. So you're firm, uh, firm about that that you're unsure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I can't predict, but um, I think um, Christians who are doing some thinking uh, need to need to be taking some thoughtful action uh, for themselves and not wait for all of their evangelical uh, Christian friends to come along. I think it's waiting too long. Okay. Um, and I think um, it, we're going to be we're going to have to step out into some uh, some uncharted waters, and uh, right. it'll be interesting. Well, yeah. can we count on you to come back this year? I'm looking forward to it. Well, uh, it sounds like the, the the word that you're saying to remember for this year is intense. Yes, it, it's intense, and and a lot of and and we'll. We'll notice that a lot of people will be doing a lot of more serious thinking. Uh, some illusions are are being dispelled. Some scales are falling from some eyes, and uh, and I think we'll see some major shifts within three months. Well, Robert, I have to say you've done a lot uh, for us and for our listeners in doing that very action. Yeah, and uh, you know you 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 really are the heart and soul of Future Quake here, and um, sort of main part of our identity. And uh, it wouldn't be the same through 2009 if we if we're not closely connected to you, as uh, as you come in as our uh, philosopher laureate, and uh, <laughs> keep us on track on what's going on. Okay, so I want to thank you so much for coming with us, and and again keeping our traditional prediction show by having you here to uh, give us sort of a state of the union of where we are and where we're headed, and uh, really looking forward to your thoughts this year ahead. I'm looking forward to it too. And uh, want to thank you so much for joining us, and please come back very, very soon when we will take uh, a, a normal topic and just ring, ring a couple hours out of it. <laughs> ring the life out of it. <laughs> and, and I'm looking forward to what you guys have to say on Friday. Well, be sure and tune in, and we yeah. appreciate you joining. Okay. We appreciate you joining us. Oh, and, and perhaps we should mention that this is being taped uh, while on the last the last week of December. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so if people uh, are listening to this. Uh, sometime down the road, remember that we're talking about what things were like in December of 2008 and uh, mm-hmm. what we say may be very dated very soon. And, and the abyss may have opened since uh, they've listened to this, so we certainly That's understand right. that. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining okay. us and I really appreciate right. it so much. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am the always effervescent but often over-imitated... 
Uh, Tom Bionic. Our own polydent. Yes. Tom Bionic. I like to stick it on my hands and walk around on the ceiling. <laughs> no, that's Effergrip. Polydent is the fizzy stuff. That's effervescent. The tablet. I know. You clean. stick it on your hand, you can stick walk around the ceiling. Unless you get it wet. And it's going to fizz. It doesn't stick. It, it doesn't make dentures stick in. It just cleans them. Well, you use it for your way you and look, you use go it back, my way. You look in your medicine cabinet. Look at them again. Okay, I don't have dentures. Cleaning, whatever. <laughs> uh, this is Friday, but right. you know what that is? It's uh, uh, Actually, today is a little different. We're doing... Ah, our, almost our, caught you. Yeah. Yeah, almost caught you. Yeah, we're actually doing our predictions today. Because we've been doing predictions all week. Yes. This is uh, a tradition for the four years of Future Quake. The uh, New Year's week, we do a predictions uh, week. Normally, we did a single weekly show in the past, and this is uh, new this year that we now have our daily format. So, mm-hmm. what we've done this week, we hope you've enjoyed it. If you've been <coughs> tuning in to uh, WNO or listening to us earlier on the Internet, we've had uh, a favorite guest uh, each time uh, give us their own individual predictions each day, and we're crescendoing up to me and you. Doc and Tom. Yeah. Giving our uh, predictions. Uno, dos, tres. So uh, we, I know, you know we saved the best for last year, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but what I'd like to do is we can do a little quick walk down memory lane, if that's okay. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Since we do this every year and as a tradition, really, unless we hold ourselves accountable, you know, it's one thing you can say about leaving no child behind or, or no prediction or guess behind, mm-hmm. but unless you measure, uh, you're not making progress. So yeah. we have to go back. If we make predictions, like I can't stand these business shows where these guys come on and make all these predictions and stuff. I love they retail never, and then it tanks and well, then they never still have, on. Nobody yeah. ever goes back and says, well, how did you do last week? How how was your thing last well, year? Well, I'm down like 95. percent They just keep moving matter. on. Yeah. You know, nobody measures. So we're not going to be that way. All we're right. going to go back and find out what happened this time last year. All right. And determine what happened <clears throat> last year. If you go back, this is archived. Uh, I believe it's show like 94 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's basically the week of January 2007. I recommend everybody go listen to it. It was a very entertaining show. Yeah. Our good. old format, WRFN. Um, and uh, what we had was a couple guests call in mm-hmm. and uh, give us their information. And the first guest we had was Peter Goodgame, yeah. who called in. And uh, <clears throat> we, we got sidetracked for a large part of the show talking about, you know, his theories and stuff and prophecy and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Easy uh, to do. There were only a few things that I was able to uh, get out of him as far as, in fact, just one of them that I jotted down as a bona fide prediction. And he predicted Hillary Clinton was going to be president. This was she had just won right Oops. at that that night was the night that uh, New Hampshire New Hampshire happened and she had a sneak upset. Wow! Yeah, yeah. never. Isn't that amazing? That like now, a million I mean, years now, ago. Now I will. I don't know if I predicted it on the show, but I will put it a feather in my cap that everybody kept coming to me for years, going, "Hillary Clinton's going to be president," and I said, "No way, no way." There's so mm. many people who don't yeah. like her. Yeah. So. Well, there you go. Feather in the cap. So sorry, go ahead. That was all I had for Peter, so sorry to slam him. <coughs> Good prophecy writer. But mm-hmm. um, Mish, however, came in. And uh, Babe Ruth. Mish said some pretty amazing things about what he said for 2008. Get a load of these things. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, uh, he said uh, the recession, uh, let's see, the recession uh, will be back. Dated to 2007 December. He says the recession is here. Back then, nobody would admit it. 
Yeah. But he said the recessions were there, and he said they're going to look back and find out that December 2007 is when it started. Uh, he said uh, stock market uh, has big negative returns in 2008, mm-hmm. which he was correct. Correct. This is back from yeah. the beginning of the year. He said unemployment will soar in 2008. At the time, it was 4.7%. I believe he predicted at least like 7%, 8%, and it just passed that. Yeah. So I I give him a good ringer on that one. Dude is on the money. Um, uh, He said, um, let's see here, bank failures. He expected three to five major bank failures, but not Citibank. Now, there, there were maybe a few more than that. But if you look at the investment banks, I don't know if even he could have imagined that basically the investment bank world on Wall Street would have come apart. Yeah. That Lehman Brothers would be gone, that you'd have uh, these other ones bought out, mm-hmm. uh, absorbed into other banks, and that you basically have what Goldman Sachs and uh, what's the other one? Um, the, the two that now survive. Yeah. I don't know. I just blanked out. Me too. Uh, that That actually are the ones that are now sort of Mega banks. They're not even investment yeah. banks anymore. I want to say it's Merrill Lynch, but that's not it. Okay. It's, um, oh, let's just go. Well, Forget it. <clears throat> J.P. Morgan. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, so I, th- I think he was uncannily close there. Um, he said the, the serious deflation is coming, even though everyone else is saying that's not true. Uh, I can agree to that personally. I just looked at the consumer price index data. Mm-hmm. It has dropped precipitously the last two months. I went wow. and looked at the literal... Yeah, since uh, the future family has some bonds that go based on uh, on the CPI, mm-hmm. that hits us because it, it the percentage goes down. Actually, we were running at about five and a half six percent inflation in the summer. It's down to like one percent. Wow, that's how much it's corrected downward just in a few months. Wow, that's um, a big correction. He said housing is going to continue to go down through 2012. You know, people were predicting it was going to bounce back in 2008, back at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He said oil will pull back on its price, uh, and he said there'll be massive uh, uh, reductions in, in jobs. So um, that's him. I thought that was pretty impressive. Oh, a couple more things. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Be prepared. Uh, everyone out there, be prepared to lose jobs. Um, uh, risk will be punished in 2008 if you take high-risk investments. Mm-hmm. Definitely the case. Now everybody's fleeing to safety, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, <clears throat> collapsing credit uh, well through 2008, forcing the Great Depression. He predicted a depression would begin. Mm-hmm. So wow. well, he sort so of stood alone. Thus far, he's been pretty much batting a thousand. He stood alone in it. Well, Robert Hyde, uh, when he came on, had a very fascinating discussion. I highly recommend everybody go back and mm-hmm. listen to that. Um <clears throat> He uh, said at that point, back in January, he's very confused about what Iran was doing as far as it looked very provocative, what they were trying to do. But he didn't know who was pulling the strings, what's really mm-hmm. going on. And I, I'm afraid we're still sort of in that state, yeah. I would think. Um, he, he thinks that uh, it's very likely that there was going to be some kind of uh, uh, skirmish or some kind of trouble in the Middle East and Pakistan, uh, which in Pakistan has really been where the trouble's been. Uh, in that Western intelligence would be sort of meddling and it caused problems in Pakistan. Well, there's been reports that they had something to do with the uh, the Mumbai attacks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, people have been talking about that. As well as the stuff that really led to Musharraf having to be uh, oh, yeah. let go. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he said uh, the Federal Reserve is basically intent on bankrupting our country. Um, 
and uh, but the big tier companies will not be losing. The second tier maybe that the big big tier players will be safe. To mm-hmm. some extent, if you look at some of the banks that were bailed out, uh, the big Wall Street bailout, and now the big three, mm-hmm. I'd say that's a pretty good match. Yep. Um, and then he said a, a uh, major clampdown possibly in the U.S. in 2008, but maybe 16 months. So four months into 2009, he thinks our government could start clamping down on people. Well, we're sort of seeing that. All the articles the, we just read. With the troops and everything, yeah. All the articles we just read said that. Um now, on to you, Tom. You had some quickie uh, things to share. Yeah. You said... Well, there were uh, so many predictions I didn't want to... I remember that. There were so many predictions I didn't want to go too in-depth of anything. Well, I put a few on here. Okay. Uh, you said you predicted you would become the regular co-host. You were just starting to set in at the time there. Yeah. So that's a pretty... That's probably a, pretty good. Yeah, pretty accurate. Maybe still up in the air, but... That's <laughs> okay. um, Iran uh, will be picking a fight with the U.S. You also put this uh, 16-month window... Yeah. That Robert Hyde had. That yeah. you also said it'd probably be associated with problems in Gaza, which looks like that could be, you know, part of it. Um, you said that the economy would sort of grind to a halt gradually uh, with belt tightening in 2008, with it going over the edge and the brink in 2009. Really? That may be some of the best wow. accurate... That certainly, it's sort of, you said it would lead us up to the edge in the end of 2000. Well, I believe I, I, well, to be fair and be honest, I think I also, I also said the words, and this was something I was sort of, I wouldn't say I was sure of, but I felt confident that uh, at the time, you know, we had just experienced that summer war with uh, uh, Lebanon mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Israel. I was looking, I really thought we'd see a repeat of that, and right. the end result being, um, I didn't go into the detail, but I, I thought that we would nuke Syria. Or nuke Lebanon, or mm-hmm. nuke somebody. But nobody got happen. nobody got nuked. So let's, yeah, you know. But and then you also said that you thought there would be uh, more aggressive plans for joint currency, which yes, there was a meeting in November that we still don't know what came out of it. Well, Ron Paul was worried about it yeah. becoming well. A joint I, I, to be honest, I'll say that one was like fifty-fifty. That right. really doesn't, you know. Right. Jury's still out on that one because that's all done behind closed okay. doors. Well, in conclusion, on our history here, yeah, Doctor Future. Uh, Let's see if I can read some of the things here. <clears throat> you know, being the expert on the future at all, like mm-hmm. I am, I said that waterboarding parties on college would become a very popular kind of thing. <laughs> um, haven't heard any reports of that. I thought there'd be a bigger school tragedy uh, like what we've had. I don't think the Virginia Tech tragedy, that was a year before, right? Yeah, that was 07. Yeah, so another goose egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did say that there'd be major food shortages and higher prices for food, and I think that sort of happened. Particularly since there were around the world, not so much here, but around the world there were major uh, um, protests and things like yeah, that for shortages, food shortages for food. Okay, I'll give you that one. Just pushing it. Rise of Wicca. Um, of course, we're just ha- getting ready to have a, a show on that, uh, mm-hmm. about that. Haven't heard as much about that lately. Yeah. Uh, a run on major banks. Um, that's happened more in England, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and then I said possibly a rise of a third party in 2008. Well, we did see a little bit of a rise, but basically it was kind of like a toe, like rising up in the air. Yeah, well, somebody standing up, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, it was Lilliputian. Uh, <clears throat> actually, the the Ron Paul thing was just about peaking at the, about the time I did that, and then it started to go down, and really wasn't a really strong. Even though we've had contact with Libertarian and Constitution Party, mm-hmm. nothing like what we might have imagined. So I would say I get a pretty much a D minus. Well, you know. 
I think you're being hard on yourself. I might be defrocked of Dr. Future. You might have to cut the buttons off my I'm uniform. Dr. Future. And I'm <laughs> nobody. <laughs> we're going to have to start. We're going to get like a little sign like Prince, you know, where his yeah. name doesn't have Our, Yes. And I'm host formerly known as Dr. Future. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I really stunk it up there. Yeah, but, there you, go. you know, that's the way it goes. First your money, then your clothes. There you go. Well, you got some predictions for us? Uh, well, I wanted to know if you wanted to go first. No, I want you to go first. Okay. Well, I do have some predictions. Lay them on us. All right. Um, I'm gonna. St- I'm sticking with that 16 months. There's sort of two predictions. I have two sets of predictions. Okay. <clears throat> One is that you know now that a year has passed, we've got this. You know that 16 month window is close. Uh, economically, I think we're going to see a huge, uh, a huge. If it hasn't happened already, we're going to see a huge. Uh, just catastrophic fall in the stock market at some point within the next, I'll say within the next three months. Next three months, okay. If it hasn't, assuming that it hasn't happened or is, I would say it may even be the most likely window is that it's happening right now as we're airing this. So it hasn't been as gentle as, say, the 40% drop it has had recently. Um, In comparing in comparing Mish's figures with other people who I, whom I respect, mm-hmm. uh. 5,200, I think, is a good number. 5,200. Yeah, is a good number. Um, But I think it may overshoot that. Okay. But, like, you know. Wow. When I say overshoot it, I mean go past it and come back up. In October 2007. It was 14,000. Yes. Okay. Currently, right now, as we speak, around the end of the year, it's about 8,500. Yes. So it's gotten most of the way there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not that big a stretch. You're right. My parents didn't believe me when I said, I think we're in some problems here. I had this long conversation with my dad about the the Dow a little bit Uh, after we did the prediction show. The bionics. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he said, um, he said, I said, it's going below 9,000 easy. And he said, no way. Hmm. I don't believe you. You're like all but, you know. He sounds like our listeners. Hmm. Completely different. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Doesn't get into Nephilim. Oh. Doesn't okay. really, not sure about his salvation. It's a very okay. weird. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it was, um, and then it happened, and suddenly, suddenly took all of his money out of the stock market and bought CDs. Okay. You know. Did he get a lot of good music titles? Y- indeed. Okay. Big, on, big with uh, Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet, and Holy okay. Diver. Holy Diver. <laughs> Glad you mentioned Holy Diver. Yeah. yeah. Um, further, I see... I think there's also um, I think there's also a chance that what we're seeing here is not only a market you know like a catastrophic market correction of the K you know in the K the long wave K cycle mm-hmm. what they call the chondrotrich yeah chondrotif yeah that that one yeah TF chondrotif yeah Nikolai chondrotif oh yeah him yeah um, we're seeing we're seeing the win- what they call the winter period of that we're gonna it's really gonna begin in earnest here. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, probably April, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That I hate to I hate to pound it out like that. You know, right like to the month. But uh, I think we'll see that really begin happening, and it's going to frighten people. Well, it's when it gets so it's going to get so dire on Main Street that it's going to scare people. Well, when it hits that bottom, will it also have just a very very slow rise? In other words, will it take a long time to recover? I don't think it's going to recover. I think on this that Mish is particularly accurate. I don't think it's going to mm-hmm. recover. It's going to be like like for millennia, tabletop for um, at least till 2012. And I 
based on some other other non-market information, I think it's going to be more like a tabletop with um, two legs that are too short. Oh. So it's going to be like yeah. L and then the flat part, yeah. but, you know, right. down. Okay. We're going down. Down to L. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're falling off the L. Okay. Uh, a good way to put this is, you know, we're airline pilots, and you turn to me and say, geez, what are all these mountain goats doing up here? Okay. All right. <laughs> well, any anything else? Any, yes. Any, any that's, non-economic That's, ones, that's economic. Um, political, I'm going to say that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we're going to see, obviously, an increase in the destruction of the rule of law. I think we're going to begin mm-hmm. to see, you know, an outright open assault on the Bill of Rights, mm-hmm. you know. It's always been sort of kind of hidden, you know. You kind right. of have to read into a little bit what they're saying. Now, you, they're you, just going to come right out and say it. Like, they're going to be saying things like, I really think that we've changed enough that we need uh, we need a new Bill of Rights. Start over. Yeah. Well, have you been hearing that they're actually talking about having a new Constitution convention? Yeah. They want to have a new Continental states. Congress. I heard that. Two more states have to approve it, and then they start with a blank slate. Yeah. I, I, I heard that, too. I read Chuck Baldwin the other day say, he says, I hate to say this, but if it ever does that, we're... They basically start over, and we lose the Bill of Rights, and we mm-hmm. lose all those kind of things, a new one. That's when states have to decide to check out. Yeah. That we have no choice but to check out. We Absolutely. better start getting ready for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to see in the next uh, – I'll make this a longer prediction, but I think in the next four years we're going to see um, uh, Christians and Christian values going from uh, like sort of a covert persecuted thing here. You mm-hmm. know, we're – pretty free about like what we can do and what we can say. Mm-hmm. We're going to see those values begin to be attacked. Various scandals are going to erupt within the visible church, you know, the, mm-hmm. the brick and mortar church. Um, and it's going to get, it's going to get wounded. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. I think so um, it's going to be a time of crisis. Yeah. And like. I think you're going to see that get, I think, I think you're going to see the beginnings of that in the next year. Okay. Uh, you're going to see world be government become a topic openly, Open more, much more openly discussed, especially within the Obama administration, and then, uh, and here's the one that I preface all of this stuff on. I guess we're going to see some type of catastrophe within, likely to occur sometime within the next 16 months, uh, that's going to cause the populace to cry out for like you know a world government. Hmm. And I'm almost wondering. Yeah, it was 16 months again. We can't hold you accountable at this time next year for our. You know what? I'll let you hold me accountable. All right. I'll let you do it. All right. I'll leave the 16 months. I'll say, well, there's maybe 16, six more months if it kind of looks iffy. But if it's like, if it nothing's happening, I'll go, I was totally wrong. All right. Give me the cane, you know. Um, and then, anyway, some type of catastrophe is going to happen. And I'm, I'm not convinced that it won't happen sometime within the next two months, from January to March. Wow. That's sooner than 16. Yeah, it's quite a bit sooner. Okay. Um, but I'm not saying that that's like a complete, that's absolutely going to happen. But I just have some, I have some real legitimate, I think, fears about that. And uh, I'll take this time to say to our future Quake listeners, why don't you take some time to prepare? You know, go buy some food. Mm-hmm. Stock it up. Stock up medicine, anything else you might Potassium need. iodide tablets? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as every, as far as anything, if if you have some free time, go check out uh, Big New Brzezinski. He's kind of the brain behind the the Obama administration. Uh, he supported Paul Pot. There was during during when he worked with Carter, he was he had huge brinkmanship issues with Russia and China. He wanted to grind into the into the mm-hmm. ground. 
Um, he's also worked for Clinton and McCain, uh, both Hillary and Bill. Um, I wouldn't say, I would say, assuming that Barack Obama gets into office, expect lots of scandals. Let me guess he's a globalist. Big time. All right. Big time. Anyway, well, I could go on and on and on, but I want, okay. you to, I want you to do your... That's thing. okay. You got something on the end there. What's the last... Uh, oh, well, it's just expect lots of scandals for, okay. from the Barack Obama administration. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this big new Brzezinski was the guy who uh, started the Trilateral Commission. He wrote a book called Between Two Ages where he talked about starting wars through false flag terrorism, releasing engineered diseases out on the populace to thin the population out. If need be, use, you know... Um, biological and chemical weapons on the populace to get it down to where it's manageable. Whoa. Yeah. This guy yeah. This guy funneled American money to the Khmer Rouge in the 70s through Boy, the Chinese. Really nice people he's hanging out with. Yeah, and he's the brain behind the Obama administration. And, and he really wants us to go after the Russians, if I remember right. Yeah, he wants to isolate. He wants to get Russia and China to fight, I think. Okay. So uh, he's and I'm gonna, sure that could be well controlled. I'm sure there'd be nothing to get out of hand yeah, with that. Yeah. What he's what his likely thing is to is to isolate all of the states around mm-hmm. both Russia and China so that they have this feeling of isolation. Duh. And China, having not a lot of natural resources, is going to look up to the north mm-hmm. and west and say, "Oh, look, Siberia. We mm-hmm. need that." And their women. Yeah, and their mm-hmm. women. And yeah. then it's going to be, you know. Mm-hmm. It's going to seem like the opening of the of the abyss for people that are in the well, middle of it. Nice, relaxing things. All right. Well, yeah. I, mine are just quick. I have I have been uh, scandalized and defrocked on mine, so I'm just going to read mine off a little, little laundry list. Okay. Possibility. I think there could be a missile crisis of missiles in Venezuela. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard about that. I yeah. think there's uh, approximately 50-50, maybe greater, of a um, Israel attacking Iran. Uh, and uh, Syria being a major player in that, uh, in the crossfire. Uh, I think the big stories for 2009 will be massive unemployment and food prices. Here I am on food prices again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll go really low, but then that's something everybody needs, so there'll be a demand that'll go up. Mm-hmm. The, the demand of food cannot go down like demand of other things can. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, there'll be a very, very large number of big, big businesses that fail. Oh, yeah. Like ones yeah. that are household names. Yes. A lot of household names that we've been used to our whole life mm-hmm. having will just be gone overnight. Um, this is no surprise to people, but I think we'll see, because of the urgency, a massive works project where people will just be handed a shovel hmm. and say, do something, here's a check. Um, I believe uh, it, there's a possibility that because of all this money spent, that China may quit buying our bonds before the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that there will be a Bretton Woods three global banking accord done. Whether they get that done before the end of the year, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but start all over. Uh, I also think that because of uh, uh, who they have now putting together the uh, – John Podesta actually uh, putting together the, uh, the Clinton uh, – not the Clinton, the Obama administration. He is a big UFO uh, disclosure guy, yeah. and he's already said he wants to get the military to disclose about UFOs. So mm-hmm. I think at least he's going to try to commission a new study. Yeah, may not be the big yes. one yet. Um, <clears throat> I think there'll be a rise of very autocratic price controls by the government uh, in similar steps, and that there may even be a first economic confrontation with rioters, maybe in Seattle or somewhere like that, mm-hmm. that involves p- police and military, mm-hmm. and possibly in Ohio, which is really under dire straits which will start to have injuries. Wow. And on the religious front, I would say 
this is going to be a rough year to be an Anglican. I think they're pretty much going to disintegrate. Oh, yeah, Probably absolutely. Probably have new names. And most importantly of anything, I'm thinking there'll be a major drop-off in NASCAR because of the big three being hurt and money going down and things. Mm-hmm. All the sports will hurt, particularly NASCAR, because they're tied to business and corporate sponsors. So mm. there you go. I ran them through. Wow. Up, those are discreet. Is mine. <laughs> those are those are like measurable. I can have egg on my face a year from now. Yeah. Oh, well, don't worry. I'm going to have a ton of egg on my face. I hope. If we're <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's hope that I am the moon bat that most people think that I am. Well, you can let us know what your predictions are, and uh, we'll pass them on to people. And the way you can do it is we'll t- we'll have Merv come and tell you yeah. how to get a hold of us. So Merv, come in and uh, tell them how to contact us. Future Quake Radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. All right. End of another full day. Boy, I tell you, Merv Merv made a prediction there that's 100% accurate. Which is? Uh, Emailing us. Yeah. And that we'll read it if you send it to us. Uh, we may not agree with it, but we'll always read it. We appreciate every one of y'all. Yeah. And uh, hold on your hats for 2009. Mm-hmm. This is 2008 was nothing Folks, compared to what prepare 2009 right did. now. And if you Let can me hear me, rice and beans with a little bit of oil. Yeah. To prevent rabbit starvation. And 18% pepper spray. And 18% pepper spray. See, I'm learning. All right, good. Well, good, we gotta good, go, good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. We really look forward to you being with you this uh, upcoming year. We've already got some incredible guests the next. Uh, basically a couple months lined up. We hope you really enjoy it. Until then, we hope your future's bright. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. 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 There are new dreams crowding out old realities. There's revolution sweeping in like a fresh new breeze. Let the old